0: I just wanted everybody to know that Gina Maori, our treasurer, oh has a lot of T shirts for sale. Oh my goodness, yes. Among what else, Gina? I have here, here you go.
1: Okay. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta do this. You know, I can go to the microphone in the back. I'm too short to do that. Here, here. She's
0: gonna She's gonna go to a shorter microphone. Minus five feet. Okay.
1: If this is loud enough for you all to hear me, can you hear me? I want to let you know that I, at the registration table, have many items that you might want. You have to make that choice, though. I have T-shirts, iCub T-shirts that are on sale for $15. Love to have each one of you get them. one. it's They're really nice. They're black with some... some. It has an iCub emblem on the front. Oh, and God. Council for yeah. the United Blind written on the back. Really nice T-shirts. Come and look at them. Purchase one. It supports as a fundraiser for iCub. I also have, in Braille and print... Information, contact information for iCub, iCub brochures, ACB brochures, Mystic Eye information, and I don't know, a sundry other things that you might like to have like luggage tags and that sort of thing. Come see me if you are interested. I come see me if you're not. Anyway, thank you very much. Uh,
0: it's yeah. a lonely job at the Red. Decaf,
1: decaf! Decaf coffee? They make it! It is not worth it! They make decaf!
0: <laughs> it, is, it is not worth it! Imagine, imagine if she did an espresso. Uh,
2: uh, uh, uh.
0: <laughs> It's a lonely job out there, Gina, being a, on registration. Oh, see me, please? <laughs> I need to learn from
1: her. No, oh, morning. It's, it's uh, a good morning. Do you have
3: any
1: I do not. I I do not. I, we, we can. Think that, about that's
0: that next year.
1: <laughs> we'll consider that. All right. Yeah, put that in the suggestion box. Right. Okay. You're Gina, I you need to you. Awesome. <laughs> 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 totally <laughs> need to learn from you. That's awesome. I totally need to learn from you. Okay.
4: Love it. Love it, love it, love
3: it, love it, love it. We gotta
0: we gotta get we gotta
2: keep you
5: we gotta
0: keep you jacked up there, Norma.
5: I think Gina wants to have her
6: coffee this morning. Right. I think so, too, Arlo. Yes. Yeah, about five. She
7: needs to be medicated. I think we're actually
0: there. I have nine o'clock. Anybody else have earlier? <laughs> Let's get started. Mike? Yes, sir. Did you have a. Ready? Huh?
3: Come
8: in this direction. Okay.
0: Good morning, everybody.
8: Good
3: morning. Good morning. Good
2: morning.
0: And welcome to our second session. Um, This morning, we've got a busy morning, and we're going to start it off with. Mike Honig doing invocation. Mike, actually, hmm?
3: I'm going to break with tradition here.
0: Mike is broken. Uh oh. No,
3: I'm going. Well, I'm going right to. Here. I'm going to rekindle a tradition that we that in all the activity last night that we didn't get to do. So rather than me uh, standing up here and giving an invocation, I think we'll all do one and sing "God Bless America." So I'll I'll give it a shot to lead we it. All so stand up. I'll stand up and. As you can are able.
2: Are ready? Ready. God
3: God bless America, 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 land land that I love. Stand Stand beside her and guide her through the night with the the light from from above. above. From from the mountains. To the prairie, to the
2: oceans,
3: white with foam, Go. have a wonderful convention and I'll do it in his precious name. Amen. That's a nice idea,
7: Mike. Yeah that was nice.
0: That was a very nice. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Um, you? Um,
3: Thank all of you good singers out
2: there.
0: (laughs) This morning, (laughs) our very first guest is Steve Gettle, who is the superintendent of the Iowa School for the Deaf and the, how, what's the full title, Steve? Well,
9: I, I still say Iowa Braille School. And, it, yes. and, and the superintendent
0: of the Iowa Braille School. And he's come to talk to us about, you know, some of the initiatives and what's, give us an update on the school and what's been happening. And then I'm, I know he's off to Vinton this afternoon. So, Steve, um, a big round of applause for you and thanks for coming.
9: Thanks, Cynthia. It's it's, uh, great to be invited to come and speak with ICUP. Uh, I'll just give you some updates about what our... The the full name for our uh, agency services is Iowa Educational Services for the Blind and Visually Impaired. You won't find that in statute. In statute, it is is still the uh, Iowa Braille and Sight Saving School. But as you know, when the program in Vinton was... um, closed in 2011 all of our teachers and the teachers nearly all the teachers that work for the area education associations came on under the supervision of the Iowa Braille school and so um, we have 29 teachers of visually impaired and 11 orientation mobility specialists and four um, folks that are dual TBI and, and OM out serving 576 blind, visually impaired children across Iowa. Um, That is up from 515 in 2011 and the transition to itinerant services got started long before uh, 2011. We have now we have three regional directors that oversee the staff out there and we also have six curriculum consultants that uh, work with the teachers in the public schools, as well as our TVIs, to support their work with the students. Um, the largest group of kids we serve, of course, is in Heartland AEA, right right around Des Moines, and there are 175 students served in this region, this uh, Heartland AEA. The, Just some of the kinds of services and the numbers that we serve. We have 55 families that receive early intervention services uh, from our teachers. These are the kids that are ages birth to three. Uh, We have an adaptive device center at Vinton. Uh, There were 90 equipment loans out of that last year. It gives an opportunity for school districts to try out equipment (coughs) with students. Get a little feedback. We'll try this one. Oh you can't hear out of this one. I'm no, not you can't hear. Okay. Perfect. Is this one better? Yeah, that's
4: yeah. much better. But okay. that's
9: okay. <laughs> All right. I'll turn this okay. Thanks. I, think. I don't know what it's doing here. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'll step back. That's what I'll do. I'll get away from it. So that one How's that? Oh, it is it? Wow, that really is. See, I thought I was talking really loud. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I won't backtrack, but we have, uh, we have, uh, we still have the library and the um, APH um, materials uh, depository in Vinton. And we've done 4,700, almost 4,800 checkouts out of that library this last year to kids uh, and their teachers across Iowa. There are 86 students that receive the Books for Kids program. Those are uh, digital books that go out, um, and that's on a monthly basis. So they get materials that come to them and then go back to the library. And um, then we had 441 items that were checked out of our curriculum library by teachers, and that went out to serve 80 of the students. We had six low-vision clinics around the state last year that served 90 students. And uh, 45 of the kids, it was their first time at a low-vision clinic. And uh, then the last thing I'll say is we have an extended learning program. You may know have heard about that, um, where the um, teachers and some of the consultants put together activities for students either on the weekend, maybe after school, during the summer, summer camps, they can be uh, day camps or uh, week-long camps. And we had 33 of those activities last year, and there were 354 participants in, in those programs. The uh, legislature, if you're paying attention there to that, they're winding down, and our budget... Will receive uh, the same increase. It's general fund budget. Will receive the same increase as the K twelve uh, schools budget increase. That's two and a quarter percent. Uh, we asked for four percent, and um, we we do need that four percent. Uh, we received just a little over one percent last year, and I'll tell you what the reason we need more than that. But uh, the AEA's uh, they actually pay the contract for the teachers that we provide out there to the public schools. Now the AEA's budget is going to receive about a 5% decrease in this next fiscal year. And that budget has been cut by about 20 million, well more than 20 million over the last oh three or four years. And so you know that does not bode well for education when the special education services are being provided by the AEAs um, through their appropriations. And so you know it—it it is a—we're challenged because um, we're certainly our, our biggest, our biggest asset, really our only asset, is people highly qualified, specially trained teachers and orientation mobility specialists and and support services out there in the school districts. And without an adequate budget to recruit the teachers that we need and then to retain them, we really don't have much to offer the state of Iowa and the kids that are blind or visually impaired or their parents. Um, we we have a, a large number, nearly half of our faculty is 50 years of age or older. We have, right now, and it's not... The end of the year, going into the next year, we have seven vacancies to fill now, out of that staff that I mentioned. Um, with the um, forty-four uh, teachers and OMs, seven of of those forty-four. So we're pushing twenty-five percent are retiring. Or, or resigning this year. And, and we will not fill all those positions. It's not going to happen. We have a program where we support teachers who are interested um, in getting a master's degree in vision impairment, education of students with vision impairment, or going through a program. We pay about 80% of their tuition. We expect them to then work for us, The match and where they're at and where the openings are don't always fit very well, but we're able to bring in about two teachers a year through that program. Mm -hmm. But we need seven. And if our salaries aren't competitive regionally, and I mean I'm talking out as far as Tennessee uh, and then west, uh, you know, beyond Colorado, if we're not competitive with all those states, we're not going to recruit them to Iowa. Because the bottom line is, unless you're born and raised in Iowa, you know, and Iowa has always done a great job of supporting education, Uh, you know, if you're not from this area, you're likely not to want to move here. They want to go to the urban areas, the West Coast, South, Texas, East Coast, but the center of the country, Indiana, Iowa, Illinois, We're having an extremely difficult time. All of our states, Kansas, are having an extremely difficult time recruiting people to come up here. Kansas has a training program. Nebraska has a training program. Uh, There are training programs in Illinois. uh, And then northern Colorado at Greeley. And that's where these folks have to go uh, or go through online programs to get their training. And so this is really critical. And if there's anything... I would ask of you folks, it's that. batteries I'm just going to. Can you hear me if I talk loud like this? Well, we've we got. We got streaming you know, just a, going. a second. I'm going to put new batteries in this one. Okay. Because I think that was think is the issue. I that's the much. issue. Yeah, because they were on, on last night at the festival. Yes. I'm trying, sorry. That's all, all right. right. <laughs> because we're streaming, you might use the mic. I get it. Oh, okay. That's probably not working very well for you then. If talking: Yeah. No, yes. There we go. OK. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't matter when you start, because the legislature in Iowa really seems to run for about six months when you consider November through April. Uh, and into May sometimes, any conversations you can have with your local legislature about the need to support Iowa Braille and Sight Saving Schools' budget for the purposes of having enough money into it to recruit and retain teachers is critical to our kids. That's that's how simple the message is, but that's the message they need to hear. And 1% won't do it, 2% won't do it, we're really probably in the, in the neighborhood of 6% increases needed next year to manage uh, and, su- and support and sustain the programs that we have for kids. Um, and we're not getting that kind of increase. Um, we haven't, and that has to turn around. Um, kids will just either get reduced services or no services at some point here this next year if we can't manage to fill all those seven positions by the end of the coming school year. That's our goal. The, on a more positive note, um, we, if you're following the, the transition and the, and the projection in terms of recommendations that came out of the Coordinating Council for the Blind prior to a feasibility study commission that was done, or committee that that met uh, before 2010, 2011. Uh, We've got an academy, a regional academy, that was proposed for Charles City up in the northeast corner of the state. And the idea is that if we can have kids come to a teacher, it's more efficient than the teacher going to the kids. You know, it can be anywhere from 40 to 60% of the itinerant's time is spent traveling between schools. Well, you know, by nature then, if your kids need an IEP service every day, it's extremely difficult to provide that service. So um, to have kids come to Charles City from that, you know, rural area of Iowa... and and be with a teacher every day um, was the the goal of this. Now, we have not had any referrals for blind, visually impaired kids to be served there yet. We did hire a teacher of the deaf. We had a few referrals. We've got a teacher just recently hired, the first teacher. Uh, We're looking to next year potentially having a teacher of the visually impaired working out of that Charles City Academy. But that model could occur in any place in the state where you've got a number of kids that you can bring together. What we're finding is that parents, at least of the kids who are deaf who've been referred, is they're really hesitant to send their kid to another school district to school. To put them on the bus and run them 45 minutes to another school district seems to be a problem for parents to kind of wrap their head around and accept, even if they know that their child is going to get uh, access to more teacher time. Um, I think if we persevere, we'll turn some of those attitudes around. Uh, We've got kids that we know ride buses within their local districts, for thirty minutes, so we're not—it's—it's it's not the time necessarily. I think it's just the thought of sending your child to a different school district that's hard for parents to accept. Um, another addition to programming is that in Vinton, in twenty, well, about two thousand eight, two thousand nine, there were some students that were served in a, a four—we call them four plus programs in Iowa—but kids that. Finish the graduation requirements, but they're going to stay in high school one more year, maybe two, and they're going to study expanded core areas uh, and, you know, be primarily focused on independent living, travel, employability, use of assistive technology, those areas. Um, have a chance to get some support while they maybe take classes in a community college or have a job and are able to live in a dormitory or an apartment and develop independent skills. Well, we haven't had students in a program specifically serving blind children uh, for eight years or so. And with the program in Vinton uh, now closed, we'll start a program on the campus in Council Bluffs and the School for the Deaf for those students next year. We have one student coming in, potentially more, but they'll be served by our itinerant staff, um, staff that will work with them during the day. We've got a, uh, a, a partnership we'll develop with uh, Outlook Nebraska, which has employment training and work opportunities there and trains uh, young people and employees on the use of technology. And the Iowa Department for the Blind will support us with uh, staff that are stationed on the west side of the state to help serve those kids. Uh, We really believe that kids having an opportunity to learn to travel, train in Omaha, to have the job opportunities that are available there in that large metropolitan area will serve some kids really well. And then we have Iowa Western Community College there uh, just down the road where they can take uh, courses if they want to get into college, then transition from that to, to maybe some other place back in Iowa or uh, another college in the Iowa university system or community college system. If you have any questions, just jump in. i be happy to answer things as I talk here. And then the, the one more area I'll talk about is uh, statewide leadership. This gets back to the coordinating councils. Was anybody here involved with the coordinating council and the feasibility study from about 2003 on to 2012? And, and what was what was your role in that
2: I just w-
4: wanted to make sure that vocational uh, educa- or vocational training and transitional training a very strong supportive uh, <clears throat> uh, very strong supportive place where people could get a job and be on the job and in the system very very uh, strong. Uh, so that they will have experience when they go to
2: work. Right.
4: That was the one thing that uh, that I think was so important because we <clears throat> need to have that kind of a, a way that people can get real on-the-job training when they're in, a, in the transitional phase. Because they go to employers and they say, well, the, you don't have any experience. And so I was wanting that application to be mm-hmm. uh, very strongly supported in that role in that transitional time that I was going to those meetings.
9: Mm-hmm. Well, thank thank you. And what's your name? I'm sorry, Elsie Monty. You know Elsie Monty. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate that comment, Elsie, because that is there are really kind of two areas that we have to really be cognizant about, and that's early intervention services for children that are just identified. But the other area is transition services. and I I don't know if you've heard the Department for the Blind and actually vocational rehabilitation uh, have a focus on uh, transitional services for students. So I, I apparently, I'm pretty new here in Iowa, but after a few years of not having a summer transitional program, the IDB is again... Uh, putting together a uh, transitional program this summer. And it's a, I believe it's an eight-week program. It takes uh, high school students and young adults, uh, the area focus, in Des Moines, and they'll be working on those ECC skills. And for kids that want another year beyond high school, that's what we're offering in, in Council Bluffs then. They'll live in the dormitory. They will have to work on their independent self-help skills, uh, independent travel and then um, employment opportunities. So that that's really what we want to focus on with that program, and uh, and that that was one of the issues that came out of statewide leadership in the coordinating council for the blind. I, I
2: think that
4: an apartment situation where students have a more realistic. Uh, living situation might be better
9: than a dormitory. Right. right, And we we don't have apartments on campus and we don't have any money either. We didn't get funding for the Northeast Academy. Uh, We've requested that two years in a row. We're not going to get any additional money for this four plus program, but the way that the dormitories are set up at that campus, they are like apartments. Um, They're they're separate from the rest of the student housing, and so they have kitchens and laundry facilities. And those kids will have some supervision, young adults, but they have to do. It would be similar to living in an apartment I setting. Have a
3: question about that? Uh, I guess uh, anybody to talk about it. Yeah, I probably Mike. do. Uh, thanks. Um, I'm wondering. You mentioned that there'd be one student going to that campus and possibly more. Um, I guess will they be living with uh, deaf students? And if so, I I just know how challenging I I've worked on served on a board with a number of deaf people, and we we had to get pretty darn creative just yeah. to figure out how to how to communicate a little bit, and we were you know middle aged adults, yeah. so we got you know 18 19 year old kids that may have been you know kind of had a lot of focus specifically on them and meeting their needs through high school through their itinerants and their their paras, and now they're going out to a school where uh, most people communicate with ASL, so I'm wondering how, how that's going to be handled. Yeah, that's that's a,
9: a good question, Mike. Um, we, we started the 4-plus program for deaf kids. We had just a very few kids, and that's been around for about, let's see, eight years. And now we're up to somewhere in the neighborhood of 14, average about 14 students in that program. Um, the staff that work with blind students coming to that program will be, specifically trained to work with blind individuals. Um, It it can be pretty isolating when you're a student of one or a program of one. We understand that. Um, The the situation, the living situation, is, yeah, they're in the same wing of the dormitory with deaf or hard-of-hearing kids. Um, Not all of our students um, are profoundly deaf and only communicate in sign. In fact, the majority of the kids at ISD... Um, More than 50% communicate, uh, can communicate. They they will sign with their deaf peers, but they also use speech. They use spoken language in the classroom and communicate auditory orally. So there are some peers, necessarily peers, but kids their age that will be using auditory verbal communication. Um, The staff are hearing and will work work with the visually impaired blind students we'll use auditory-verbal communication with them. The the thing that we, in partnering with Outlook Nebraska, they have a a recreation program focused for youth in the community, and they've invited us and kids that are blind or visually impaired on the west side of the state to participate with them. So we expect that students, and and there's a primarily young adults, I say youth, but they're up into their early twenties, expect that our students that are blind or visually impaired coming for this four-plus program will meet peers in that program that operates over in Omaha and that they'll be able to develop some community there. So it won't be just on the ISD campus. In fact, that that's where the housing is. That's where a classroom is. But, you know, we figure the majority of their time is going to be spent out in the community. Um, the I'm on the ACB uh, Special Ed Schools uh, and Schools for the Blind Task Force, and you, if you have you heard much about the Cogswell Macy Act? Yeah, it was introduced in September, um, and there was a Capitol Hill Day back in March with great support from both Schools for the Blind organization, Council of Schools for the Blind, and then the. Uh, parallel organization, Schools for the Deaf. They had students from Maryland School for the Blind at the Capitol Day talking with legislators, and uh, there was also students from the New York Institute that had come down. So they had some some great representation there and believe they're making some headway in getting congressmen to sign on to the bill. Um, and they have not reauthorized IDEA yet, so... Uh, I think there's still some potential for us to have impact either in the reauthorization of IDEA or to have some version of the Cogswell Macy Act passed in Congress that's going to strengthen training, uh, really funding for training for staff that work with students and also um, increase the level of oversight that state departments of education have to have over the services for blind and visually impaired students in their IEPs. Uh, how much time did I have? Well, I, we I can
2: need wrap to. It up. We need
0: to wrap up yep. pretty
9: quick. Yeah, Okay. So, so
0: we need a, a couple of questions. Maybe.
9: Right. So um, if you go to um, our website, you'll find, and that's the. Uh, Iowa Braille Sight Saving School. You can Google either IBSSS or IESBVI, and there's lots of information on there that gets rotated out about what what we're doing with kids across the state, what we've done this last year with Braille Challenge, extended learning opportunities, uh, robotics camps. We've got an initiative for STEM. We've got two grants that have come in, and there are kids being connected through... Interactive live video between locations in the state for STEM training. Um, the and STEM is science, technology, engineering, art. Art now, the A is they call it STEAM. Art and mathematics, um, and we're putting some effort into that to, to get kids connected to science, and and. Uh, they're having a lot of fun with that across the state. We have uh, 10 summer programs lined up this year in six different communities across Iowa for kids to get involved with, and they're anywhere from a day camp to week-long camps. Um, And with that, I guess I will end and uh, take questions.
6: I have a question uh, regarding your, you know, the different programs and stuff that you're talking about. What are you... uh what, I guess, uh, are you going out and kind of observing as far as what your uh, teacher or what your staff members and, and things like that are doing to help these uh, students, you know, like learn technology and different things? And then are you taking that, uh, what you learn uh, when you observe these, uh, the students, are you taking that back and figuring out what, you, what kind of improvements you can make to your programs?
9: Uh, that's that's a very good question. I don't do that. There are three regional directors that do that, that work with the teachers, and with the uh, we have a consultant and a uh, AT consultant who goes out and evaluates students. If you're talking specifically about the use of technology in the classroom, and so they take that individual and his uh, he has an assistant and they can be contacted by any district or any of the teachers to come in and assist with evaluation of students and then make recommendations on the use of technology, and then those things will get rolled into a student's IEP if they're needed, and then that's where the teacher steps in.
10: Uh, I'd like to tell you something about the school admissions. And uh, what I wanted to know is uh, what shape were the buildings in? Because they had such a bad time, you know, when they had that bad weather and stuff was destroyed, trees and everything. And what shape the buildings in, as I said? And, uh, oh, know, yeah. well, we had, it was real great. I've from then. It was real great. We had everything handy. A lot of students liked it. There was some came and didn't, you know, got get used to it, like everybody else had to, and I went there for thirty nine to forty eight so I wonder what you think about right. what, how they how you can tell us how everything is as the students and the and the uh classrooms and everything right as they as they are in the dormitories right and see you had your dormitories and your uh you mates and everything yeah. Well yeah and the, they had the cottage back then too right
9: um, the The condition of the campus is that after the storm it 's been put back together, they spent close to seven million dollars through um, uh, FEMA money and insurance, so main hall is is restored uh, the museum wing on the is it the second floor is third floor third floor is yeah third floor is restored um, Amer- AmeriCorps leases the dormitories and have runs about three groups of uh, students uh, that are trained each year out there, three or four groups but they're there on campus all year they we have you know just the operating budget to keep that campus open and mind you, there are no students there, and there will never be, a, I can tell you now, there will never be a school in Vinton, again, that will have residential students. We use it on, on weekends and for camps, but it has pretty limited usage. And then we have um, a, a business operation there, a small business operation. And we, we have the library there the, uh, and the APH um, depository there and then the adaptive device center there. But it's really, it's a clearinghouse or a warehouse where materials go in and go out. Uh, They're shipped out to the teachers in the school districts. And then they're brought back in and then uh, recataloged and then resent back out. Um, We have a tremendous amount of space, as you know, on that campus. And it's not being utilized. The budget's nearly a million dollars to keep the place open. About half of that comes back to us through the, the lease with AmeriCorps, but we're still spending over $400,000 a year for really only the need for about 6,000 square feet. And so, you know, honestly, something has to change there. It, it's, a, it's a beautiful campus. You, if you went back now and looked at it, if you, if you heard what it looked like after the storm, and you could go back now and experience the campus, it's been restored uh, to its original condition. It's just missing a lot of trees, but there are trees being planted, and, and all the buildings are in great shape. Um, it, there, there are probably some very useful purposes for that campus, but you have to think about how that's going to occur in a town that has less than 5,000 people, and is, you know, 30 miles away, at least 30 miles away from from population centers. So, you know, that's what we're investigating now. Who will come in and have need for some of that space that still is there that's vacant? Uh, We want to make sure that it's used, and we want to make sure that that campus is maintained long into the future um, and has some useful purpose. Uh, But the the building, the main hall, is, is... restored and, and just as beautiful as it ever was.
8: I have one, one more quick question. You were talking about a group of young, um, like 20age, the 20- year- old age and that kind of stuff. I know that there are several students, former high school students in Southwest Iowa, that are looking for a group of students to make contact with and that kind of stuff, talk about college experiences and that kind of thing. Could you get us in contact with those people?
9: Oh, to get ACB in contact with the young people?
8: I'm not talking ACB. I'm talking... You said there's a group in Omaha?
9: Oh, oh Outlook, Nebraska?
8: Well, I know about oh, Outlook... The,
9: recre- the, out- the, recreation the Recreation Group? The Recreation
8: Group, right. Yeah. I mean, is that possible to get a contact information for that? Because I know Tyler has, you know, been trying to get a group started over in Council Bluffs and that kind of stuff. Right. And there's not a lot... You know what I'm saying? There's just like four right. or five in Southwest Iowa there.
9: Yeah. This just came to us here just recently, but um, the individual that... That we made contact with at Outlook Nebraska. I, I'm not sure who organizes those activities, but yeah, I'm sure that we can. Because she started to send our regional director now the information about that, so that Gwen Woodward, who's on the west side, can get get in touch with young people that we're serving. But certainly, I'm sure that could be extended to other to the older young folks. Okay. And you know that's exactly what we want to see: is a community of young people. Um, Put together there in that region, so they sure. can get together and socialize. Okay, yeah, Super. we can Thank do that. You. I can get you the name of the person. Super. Okay, yeah. um, one
0: of one, one other one other thing, Steve. I think it would be good if maybe they got connected up with us too, because we would like to organize something over there and help those kids out, and you know the the young adults, um, and be mentors and role models, and do whatever we need to do. So. Maybe we could all work together on that.
9: I, I think that'd be a, a great idea.
0: Uh, we've got we've got a lot going on, so we'll keep in touch with you. Yeah. Um one more question and then we've got to move on.
6: Um one of the things that uh that I would like to see is um you know like like what we were saying with the uh you know the connections down in uh down in that that portion of the state. But you know I'd I'd really like to see more of the ability, you know, uh, when I was a senior in high school, they said, or uh, it was actually after my senior year, after I had graduated, one of the things that I'd like to see is, you know, camp, uh, different camps and summer camps and whatnot, open to those people that are ready to go to college but haven't gone to college yet, you know, just graduated from uh, high school because you know like the O and M camp that you guys have down there it's phenomenal and I think that one of the re- one of the things that uh, we seniors uh, who had just graduated and going off to college they need more experience with O and know that I know that I really uh, could have used that use that camp afterwards and so I'd like to uh, uh, just suggest that you know you you consider. Uh, still letting the uh, the seniors who have uh,
9: you know gradu- just graduated high school attend those camps. That that sounds like a great idea, and we'll go back and talk with administration about that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah.
4: Thank you. Thanks. Uh, who is the contact person for that administrative uh, duty? For is there a specific person that does? We have Over
2: at the School for the
4: Deaf?
9: No.
2: <coughs>
4: for
0: the...
9: Oh, well, that, that'd that be me and the regional directors. Okay. Would you be able to get their, their names and information so we can just right. keep in... Yeah. Okay. It's, it's all on the on the Iowa School for the... Iowa Braille and Sight Saving School. Their regional director contact information and mine is on. <coughs> yeah. Thank and you, Steve. And,
2: not all of us are extremely computer right. <laughs> Well, we can, all, we can all
0: okay. we we can all help out with that, and and Tyler, just one other thing about that travel training. It's a good idea for young people to go to an orientation center for the blind. They do a lot of cane travel out there. I know that. Yes, <laughs> they do. <laughs> so, <laughs> and and they help prepare people for college. I just wanted to. Plug that a little bit. Ah,
9: Cynthia, I, okay, I, my, my cards in Montana were braille. These aren't. This is not. It's got my email in, uh, on there. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thanks very much. Again.
0: Thank you for coming, Steve. We really appreciate it. And and have a safe trip to Vinton and back yeah. to wherever you're residing. <laughs> Shall okay. we have a couple
11: door prizes? Yes. Awesome. And Awesome. That it's time, Becky. I have a bottle of cologne. Ooh. And it goes to Violet Haviland. A hey, violet. Right. Yes. Bravo, Violet. Thank you. I Maybe mean, it's violet cologne. Probably not got a couple more things here and then we'll move on to the next thing. Um, I have a little bag here that has a soft speaker pillow and there is also an iCub hammer and that will go to Deb called back. right, Is Deb here?
2: No No Deb, Deb's
11: not here Okay, how about Inez Schultz Inez is here though
2: (laughs) Hot dog, Inez
0: (laughs) How are we doing? Are, Are you ready to go on, guys? Here we All go. All
11: right, and the last thing oh, I have okay. for right now is a $10 donation from Inez. Oh, and that will be going to Steve Hunt. Steve. Ooh,
0: awesome. All right, you've won 10 bucks, Steve. 10
2: bucks Hot dog. <laughs>
11: We have plenty more, so don't worry. Okay.
0: Are we ready to move on here? Done with door prizes for a little bit? Thank you, Becky. Thank um, you, Becky. And now um, we have Marcy Duty, who works at the Department for the Blind as a rehab technology specialist. Is that right, Marcy? That's right, Cindy. And she's come to sh- talk to us about Apple TV and... Um, let's see, what, Netflix and audio description and all kinds of stuff. And do you have a microphone there?
12: Do you want me up there or do you want me to hear? Wherever
0: it's convenient for you and your equipment. Well, I don't have
12: a lot of equipment, so I can be wherever you need me. Cool. Is Cordis mic going to be okay for you, Marcy? Uh-huh. Cordis mic is
6: going to be fine. Right okay. She's right next to you, Okay, there we go.
12: Good morning, everybody. Good morning.
6: morning.
12: Thank you so much for having me today. I am wanting to introduce you to the Apple TV. So the Apple TV is what people call a top set. And it, it comes in two components, and I totally want to pass it around. I had the opportunity to show it to Sally before my presentation. So I want to let you know exactly what comes in the box. The Apple TV comes with a lightning cable. The lightning cable actually charges the remote, it also comes with a power cable. The power cable goes to the Apple TV itself. And it comes with the Apple TV and the remote. So I want to start by passing that around so that you guys can see it. And then I'll kind of orient you to each one of the pieces of, the, of everything. So it was a really hard thing to get this away from my husband. I bought it for our fourth anniversary. And, he, and I said, I need your Apple TV for my presentation. And he's like, are you serious? As long as you bring it back, then I'm totally okay
0: with that. I'm so, more fries. <laughs> that's right. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> and
0: and what, what's, what's your husband's name? His name is Dan. And Dan's going to lose that today? Yes, oh my exactly. That, that's,
12: that was his biggest fear. <laughs> the Apple TV is about 10 centimeters by 10 centimeters by three and a half centimeters high. And where would you like for me to start with passing it around?
1: Um, Okay. Why don't, why don't you start behind
0: Tyler? Or go behind
12: Tyler. Net? Well, if let me start right to next to me. I've got I've got two people head. on my row, okay? Okay. So. That's oh, wow. the Apple TV. The remote, the, the, wow. okay. okay, it goes with the flat side up. Here's the remote. So please keep them together. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's an easy one to lose.
12: Oh. So the Apple TV goes with your um your ports to the rear. So the flat side goes up, the ports go to the rear. Yeah, the first thing you'll see on the ports going from left to right is an Ethernet cable. Okay, so if you have really slow wireless, then you're going to want to plug that Apple TV into your Ethernet cable.
13: Oh,
12: okay, yep, yep. Okay, next to the Ethernet cable, you'll see an HDMI port.
13: Yeah.
12: Okay, and then a USB port right above that. Oh, yeah. After that you'll see the power cable the the power connector and you can plug the power any way you want to yeah, yeah. upside down or you know it doesn't matter which way you turn it as long as you put the right side onto it Do
9: you, Okay I've heard some things about it. Okay have- hold
12: your questions for me until after my presentation if you would and I really want to answer them okay, okay. but I don't want to get everybody like okay what about this what about this what about this <laughs>
2: That's okay, Marcy? Yeah,
12: that's totally okay. Right. Totally okay. Now, the remote control, the way you're going to orient that is there's a circular button on the remote control. That circular button goes on the right. That circular button is your volume up and volume down button. Above that, you have a home button. And then you have three buttons on the left side. Those are the, at, starting from, top, from the bottom to the top, you have play, pause. Then you have the Siri button, so you can talk to Siri. And then you have the um, menu button. Okay? The menu button is the one that you're going to press three times quickly to turn on voiceover. The best thing about being an access technology specialist is if you have something that's already been done and it's done well, that's what you exactly want to see, right? Or that's what you exactly want to hear. My source for the knowledge is a podcast called Cool Blind Tech. The man that does the presentation, his name is Sean Priest. It's
2: called
12: Cool Blind Tech. C-O-O-L blind T-E-C-H coolblindtech.com So the Apple TV is called a top set like I said. So it's not really the TV. We have a 65 inch TV at home and you don't actually have to have a screen to watch the Apple TV. Okay? You can hook it up to speakers or to a home theater system. Something like that. I'll pass around the power cables and the HDMI cord so you guys can see those, okay?
3: So you're saying you can watch it without
12: a... Yeah, you can listen to it without a screen. Exactly. This is the power cable. And the HDMI cable doesn't come with the Apple TV. This is something you guys have to buy. Yeah. HDMI cables are the same at each end. One end goes to the Apple TV, the other end goes to the theater system or TV. Here's the HDMI cable. And you can pass that behind you if you'd like. Tyler will be the last one to see it. Okay, I want to play this presentation by Sean because he actually goes through the setup, if that's okay with you guys, because sure. he's great, he's awesome. And I have a Bluetooth speaker that I can probably put on the, on the microphone,
6: Got it. so here we go. Does it have an input there? We can move it right to the mixer. No input,
12: mm-hmm. no input on the Bluetooth speaker.
6: Okay.
1: Right. Too much Welcome to dot
13: One day through television, the entire world will stream into our living rooms with a velocity of light.
11: To those of you who are seeing television for the first time, we'd like to sound a note of caution.
13: It should be stressed that the setting of the hidden controls is a complicated matter and that no adjustments of these should be attempted by the viewer.
14: Good morning. I'm Sean Priest, and this is Cool Blind Tech. Now, over the past few years, the way we watch TV has really changed. We're like... (laughs) When and where we want to watch it. Phew, that was hard to say. And let's be honest, who hasn't wasted the odd day, sat on the sofa like a bleary-eyed addict, watching just one more episode of that latest box set from Netflix? Now, of course, all the major players are fighting to get their ecosystem on the big screen in your living room, with hardware like the Fire TV... Android TV, Roku and of course the Apple TV. And that's what I'm going to be taking a look at today. Apple has recently released its fourth generation Apple TV and I'll be running through the setup process, checking out the accessibility features and seeing how it compares to the previous Apple TV. Now on the subject of the previous versions of the Apple TV, although very accessible thanks to voiceover, there's no denying it was very limited, especially outside of the US. Unless you were into hockey, baseball, or those incredibly weird Japanese cartoons, you'd find that Netflix and YouTube were probably what you'd use it for. Of course, you could buy or rent iTunes movies or TV shows, but from a visually impaired point of view, until iTunes gets audio described content, I'm not buying. However, with the new generation of Apple TV featuring Siri, and more importantly, an app store, it suddenly has the potential to become a lot more interesting. Okay, let's get started. Firstly, the hardware.
2: Oh, what's in the,
14: box? the new Apple TV comes with a power cable, a remote control, and a lightning cable. No HDMI cable, so you will need to buy that separately. The supplied lightning cable is for the remote control, which now features a lightning port on the bottom for charging. Apple says that a full charge will last for three months, so running out of power shouldn't be an issue. The Apple TV itself looks pretty much the same as the previous version, but does feel heavier and is slightly thicker. It measures roughly 10cm by 10cm, being 3.5cm thick. On the back of the Apple TV, you'll find a place for the power connector, an HDMI socket, an Ethernet port, and a USB-C port. The USB-C port is purely for servicing, meaning that you only really need to use it if you're having problems with the Apple TV and you need to connect it to iTunes through your computer. One thing missing from this version, which was on the previous version, is the optical audio out socket. Now, I don't know how much of a big deal this is, because I do not have a home theatre system. My girlfriend says it's an expensive luxury that we just don't need, and apparently I totally agree. Although overpriced blueberry-scented candles, which could lead to our premature fiery deaths, are a household necessity. Ah, the joy of relationships. Also new to this generation of Apple TV is storage. You can choose 32 or 64 gigabytes of storage. This is needed, of course, for the new Apple TV App Store. And for all you nerds out there who really need to know, the Apple TV is powered by the A8 chip, which is the same chip you'll find inside an iPhone 6 or 6 Plus. When it comes to Wi-Fi, 802.11b, G, N, and AC standards are all there, as well as 224.0. A big difference from the previous generation of Apple TV comes in the form of the new remote, which, instead of the up, down, left, right cursor keys, comes with a touch surface. This allows you to swipe to navigate around the screen and is also clickable to select an item. The touch surface takes up approximately the top third of the remote and positioned underneath are some physical buttons. (coughs) Running down the left hand side we have the menu button, below that is the Siri button and then the play pause button. Running down the right hand side is the home button and then an elongated volume up and down button. The remote controls the Apple TV using Bluetooth rather than the usual infrared, meaning you don't have to point the remote at the Apple TV to use it. To make sure I've got the remote in the right orientation, I tend to use the elongated volume up and down button as a landmark. As long as that button's on the right-hand side, I know I'm holding that remote in the right position. The new remote also has an accelerometer and gyroscope built in, meaning you can tilt and move it around and use it as a game controller. So, that's the hardware. Now let's plug it in and set it up. I don't think we got set up, I know we got set up. I mean, really, seriously, where did all those cops come from, huh? Okay, so I've plugged in the HDMI and the power cable, and after giving it a short time to boot up, we have the first screen of the setup process. This first screen is simply asking you to pair your Apple remote. To do this, all you have to do is press any key on the remote, and within a second, it's paired. Next, we have the choose your language screen. But before we continue, let's turn on voiceover. To do this, press the menu button three times on the remote. Remember, the menu button is on the top left. Voice over on. Ah, Now we're talking, that feels so much better. So this new (laughs) Apple TV has a totally new operating system, which is built around the core of iOS, the operating system you'll find on your iPhone or iPad. This, in combination with the touch surface on the remote, means that navigating around the screen is very similar to navigating around your iPhone or iPad. It also means that some of the voiceover gestures you're familiar with on the iPhone also work on the Apple TV. For example, if I do a two-finger swipe up on the remote's touch surface, voiceover will read whatever's on the screen. Alternatively, a long press on the play pause button does the same thing. The two-fingered scrub gesture or pressing the menu button will take you back to the previous screen. Language. Language, English, button, one of
7: 37.
14: So, to navigate through the list of languages, I simply swipe up or down on the touch surface. So, here I'm going to swipe down till I find proper English, which is English UK. Idioma. Espanol. Button. Language.
4: English.
7: UK. Button. 3 of 37.
14: There we go. That's the one I want. So, now we simply click the touch surface to choose it and move on to the next step of the setup. Setup. Select your country or region. United Kingdom. Button. One of one. Okay, not much for me to choose from here, but it's the same principle. Select what you want, then click to continue. Set up your
13: Apple TV. Use your iOS device to automatically add your Apple ID and Wi-Fi settings to this Apple TV. Requires (laughs) iOS 9.1 or later. Not available on iPad 2. Set up with device. Button. Set up manually.
14: Button. Yes, I know, I'm sorry, the UK Daniel voice on the Apple TV is absolutely terrible. But this step introduces a great new feature for setting up the Apple TV. If you choose the Use Device option, then the Apple TV will grab all the information for your Wi-Fi network and Apple ID from your iPhone or iPad, which saves you having to enter them manually. I'm pretty sure most people will use this option, and it saves time, so that's the one I'm going to choose.
13: Set up your Apple TV. 1. Unlock your iOS device. 2. Enable Bluetooth. 3. Hold device close to the Apple TV.
14: Straightforward instructions there. Unlock your phone and make sure Bluetooth is on. Now I'm going to hold my iPhone approximately 12 inches away from the Apple TV. It doesn't have to be touching it. When the iPhone detects the Apple TV, you will get this alert on the iPhone.
13: Alert. Set up Apple TV. Do you want to set up your Apple TV now? Cancel. Button.
14: Continue. Button. Yes, I do. Let's continue. At this point your Apple TV is grabbing your Wi-Fi network settings and password from your iPhone. It shouldn't take long and when it's finished the next alert you'll get on your iPhone is asking for your Apple ID password.
13: Alert. Set up Apple TV. Enter your Apple ID and password to sign into iCloud in the iTunes store on Apple TV. Text field is editing.
14: Now be careful here because the focus is actually in the Apple ID text field rather than the password field. So make sure you navigate to the password field and enter it there. Once that's done, the final step is...
13: Alert. Send data to Apple. You can help Apple improve its products and user support by having your Apple TV automatically send Apple information from time to time about how it's working and how you use it. No thanks. Button. Okay. Button.
14: So choose whatever your personal choice is here. And that's it for the iPhone. You now switch back to the Apple TV to finish off the sale. Now the rest of these screens are laid out slightly differently. You will need to swipe up, down, and left and right to see all the options. Location Services
13: allows Arial Screensaver, Apple TV, and other apps to gather and use data indicating your Apple TV's approximate location. Enable Location Services. Button. Disable Location Services. Button. I'm going to enable Location Services. Siri. Select. Button. Siri helps you get things done just by asking. You can search for movies. Enable Closed Captioning. Check the weather, and more. Siri sends information, like your voice input and location, to Apple
14: to process your requests. Use Siri button. Don't use Siri button. Of course, Siri is a brand new feature to this Apple TV, and I want to test it out, so I'm going to choose use Siri. See the world. With the
13: aerial screensaver, you can enjoy HD video of beautiful locations from all over the world. Additional videos can be downloaded automatically. Downloads are about 600 megabytes per month. You can change this at any time in settings greater than general. Automatically download. Button. Not now.
14: Button. So these are just the screensavers that kick in after a while of not using the Apple TV. Now they are meant to be amazing, but they do take up quite a lot of space, so it's entirely up to you. Diagnostics and usage. Help Apple improve its
13: products and services by automatically sending diagnostics and usage data. (laughs) Diagnostics data may include your location information. Send to Apple. Button. Don't send. Button. Again, it's a personal choice. It's entirely up to you what you choose here. App Analytics. Help app developers improve their apps by allowing Apple to share crash data as well as statistics about how you use their apps with them. Share with app developers. Button. Don't share.
14: Button. As before, it's your choice. And finally, the last step of the setup process, everyone's favourite. Terms and conditions.
8: Select <laughs> <So you laughs> to read the
14: following terms before using your <laughs> Apple TV. Don't worry. Of Confirm. course I'm not going to make you listen to all that. Just click on the agree button to finish the setup process, and then you'll find yourself on the main home screen of your new Apple TV. <laughs> So, here we are on this shiny new Apple TV home screen. Compared to the previous Apple TV, visually this home screen's had a bit of a makeover and a polish, but the basic layout is exactly the same. If you're new to the Apple TV, think of the home screen as being laid out in rows. The row at the very top of the screen is for featured content, and all the rows underneath are your apps. Now, when you jump to the home screen, you'll find that the focus is always on the first item in the first row of apps. Which, by default, is the Movies, or in my case, Films app. Films. Row 1. Column 1. There you go. And as you heard, VoiceOver reports this as Row 1, Column 1. Now, you would think that row above this. The Featured Content row should be called Row 1. But it's not, as sometimes it's empty, there's no Featured Content to display, so you can't navigate to it. So the first row of apps is actually considered Row 1. I know that sounds really confusing, but this should make more sense as I show you around. Anyway, so currently we're on films. This allows you to browse, buy, and rent movies directly from the iTunes store, as well as watch any films you've previously purchased through iTunes. Now I'm going to swipe to the right to navigate to the next app in this row. TV programs, row one, column two. TV, again, this is a direct link to the iTunes store. You can buy, rent, or watch your previously bought TV shows. Swipe right again. App store, row one, column three. Yes, The Apple TV App Store. I think this is a game changer for the Apple TV. As I said, the previous Apple TV was very limited. You only have the apps, or channels as Apple called them, that Apple gave you. Opening up the hardware to third-party developers can only be a good thing. Just look what it did for the iPhone. We'll come back to the App Store and take a closer look in a minute. But for now, let's swipe right again. Photos. Row 1. Column 4. Photos app. Pretty self-explanatory, allows you to view your iCloud photos. Music, row one, column five. The music app gives you access to, well, Apple's music service, of course. And that's it. You get five apps per row. This is the last item. If I try and swipe right again, I can't. You simply don't move. And that's why I tend to think of the Apple TV as laid out in rows. If you're on an iPhone or iPad, if you swipe right at the end of a row, you simply move down to the start of the next row. On the Apple TV, that doesn't happen. To move to the next row, I simply need to swipe down. Settings. Row 2. Column 3. There's only three apps in the second row, so it's took me to the last item, column 3, which is Settings. Of course, this is where you go to change any of your system settings, your language, or your screensavers, or to reset the Apple TV. And it's definitely worth taking a look at the accessibility settings. There are some new features in there. There's bold text, increased contrast, and reduced motion, plus magnification, or zoom. With zoom enabled, you can do the two-finger double-tap and hold, and then swipe up or down to zoom in or out of the screen, which obviously could be pretty useful for low-vision users. Okay, let's swipe to the left. Computers, row two. Column 2. The Computers app allows you to browse any iTunes libraries you may have stored on your desktop computers. To use this, you need to enable home sharing on iTunes and on the Apple TV. It's a feature on the Apple TV that I've never had a need to use, but if you've got a lot of media content stored on your desktop, then this could be useful. And finally, swiping left again Search. Row 2. Column 1. Search. Now, this is new to the Apple TV. Apple actually calls it Universal Search, and it was a big talking point when it was announced. Now, the reason it's called Universal is that rather than just search iTunes content,
12: it All right, you guys, so that's Apple TV. That's exactly how it's set up, that's how it works. There are some beautiful things you can do with Siri and the Apple TV. You can ask Siri who's starring in a movie, you can ask Siri to rewind for you, to fast forward for you. Um, like you can say, rewind 10 minutes, or you can ask Siri, what just happened? And it'll rewind one minute for you and reshow it. You can ask Siri, what did they say? It'll rewind for you 30 seconds. Just some really neat things that you can do with Siri and the Apple TV. Um, I want to talk to you guys about a website that I learned about on Facebook when I commented about how, or when I posted about how accessible Netflix was and how wonderful they were doing with um, audio description. Somebody sent me a website that I'm happy to share with you guys by text or by email if you just pass me your contact information. This website has a link to about 3,000 audio described movies. Just the sound files, though, not the pictures. If you guys need pictures and want to um, watch audio described movies with sighted people, there is a service called Computers for the Blind. Yes, they're known for providing computers, but they also have a big list of movies that you can check, and they will send you the DVD, kind of like a library. Mm -hmm. You pay $25, and you get the DVDs. And that's what Dan and I do. That's how we enjoy movies together. The audio description website is absolutely awesome. I have gotten to watch um, The Good Dinosaur, Finding Nemo. On the, on the way back and forth from trips to um, different places where I go for work, I get to watch these audio described movies. We plug them into the car speakers and we're watching audio described movies. Yeah. So I'm happy to pass that website along. Um, when Sean did this podcast... The Apple TV did not have access to Bluetooth keyboards so that we could type into the search and you actually had to go into the numeric keypad and type in the keys, but that's not the case anymore. Bluetooth is absolutely possible and you can pair a Bluetooth keyboard to your Apple TV to do searches and to type into the different places that you need to type, especially passwords, right?
2: Oh, yeah.
12: I am happy to take any questions, happy to help you with whatever you want to know about Apple TV. It's a wonderful thing. I'm glad it's here. Um, yay for Apple for all yeah. the great things that they're doing with accessibility. So there you go. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Okay.
2: Well, are I have, <laughs> we have at home, a smart
15: TV, of can you know, doesn't make noise, but it goes on and off.
0: Can you come up to the yeah. microphone, Sandy? Or can I bring it to you? We've got one up here. Sandy,
11: there's one up about two yards. No, Keep coming.
2: Keep coming. Keep coming.
5: There's the microphone. There's a stand right, there, but I don't right, need
2: a right, microphone right. in Oh, the microphone. Oh, Stand, oh. The microphone is the microphone. She oh. has it. Well, that's, There's no microphone. Then the Marcy's going to gonna give it to you. I'll speak <laughs> into the stand. I can do that. <laughs> <There you go>. <laughs> okay. Okay.
15: Okay. <laughs> um, okay, so we have at home uh, virtually all the movie channels, right? Uh, you know, the HBO and... Netflix, not Netflix, you know, all, everything you can get on the TV, Showtime. movie channels, right. and we have direct TV. So, I get, right now, to, to find out what movies are on, I go to zap to it uh-huh. With this device, can I use this device to access the menus on the TV screen so I'll know what's on TV?
12: what it allows you to do is to search different services for a movie that you'd like to see. For example, I Microphone. like to see comedies that, um, that star a particular person, or I'd like to see some drama films that are available to be seen. So this device will allow you to search like Netflix, allow you to search like Hulu, allow you to search different things for the movies that are on.
15: Okay, but it won't let me search HBO and... Right. Those kind of things. Okay. Okay. But I could get on Netflix if I have a subscription. Yes. And then this
12: device will allow you
2: to
15: it. It would allow me to do that. Yes. Okay. All right. Sounds cool. I think we see one in our future. So awesome. I was telling my husband. <laughs> there <you
2: go>. okay.
0: <laughs> what else can I answer for you guys? Marcy, could, uh, could you bring. Bring the microphone
16: back, sir. Sure. We need another microphone. microphone. Oh, do you want the microphone? I have a comment. Yeah. Yes. here. Where
0: do you guys? Oh, here we go. Here we go. Jeff. We have Jeff Bishop. Can you come up and? He's here. Oh.
16: Alright.
2: I called for the mic Here, I'll bring
12: it to you. You can. Norma's
0: got it first.
17: All right, Norma. Two things. Once you select your voice, can you adjust pitch and rate? All in Here you go. Okay. And the second. Um, if you don't have an iPhone, will it still find my Wi-Fi? Yes.
12: But then you're going to want to pair it to a Bluetooth keyboard because you're going to have to put in the key.
17: Well, I'll never have one of these, but... Go ahead.
12: Yeah, anyway. okay. yeah you, can manually, you can manually configure it. Um, for the 32 gigabyte, 149. For the 64 gigabyte, 199.
16: Okay, so... Good morning, everybody.
12: Good morning, Dad
16: the uh the Apple TV has a majority of all of the network <coughs> channels available on it so ABC NBC Fox uh so you can download their apps and a lot of the content that's available there is on demand so you don't need to necessarily watch it you know when it comes out at 9 p.m. you know on on Monday night um so the need for Say, a TV guide type experience is not absolutely necessary on the Apple TV. And most of the apps are very, very accessible. So it makes it really nice to be able to, uh, to get at all that. Um, even the Hulu app. The Hulu app is now accessible as well. So if you have a combination of, say, Hulu and, and uh, Netflix, you pretty much have almost all of the programming that's available uh, on and the CBS app, so you need all three. So you need Hulu, CBS, and, and Netflix, and you'll pretty much have almost all of the content that's aired on uh, public TV. So the channels you can you know get over the air. But what about HBO? HBO, they do have an app. Um, you can, you can uh, subscribe. You do not have to be a cable television subscriber. You can just pay the monthly fee and that's also true of CBS as well. I think it's $6 a month for CBS access. And if you're a Star Trek fan, you can watch all the old Star Trek episodes and all that kind of fun stuff. Right.
12: So you're famous. I heard you on the FS cast. Oh, yes. <laughs> Anything else? Any other questions I can answer about Apple TV? Yes. There
2: you go
3: how do we give you the contacts about the uh, descriptive audio website you were talking about?
12: Please send me an email or um, send me a text. My email is Marci Duty, M-A-R-C-I-D-U-T-Y, at iCloud.com. At what?
2: iCloud.
12: iCloud. Uh-huh. My, my telephone number for texts, 214 732 Five seven eight eight. I'm from Texas, in case you guys didn't know, two one four Dallas.
7: Oh.
0: Marcy? Ma'am. Um You say you don't you don't really need to plug this into your TV. This is true. You can, so I can it use speakers this, or a home theater system, yes. I, I mean I, I wouldn't even need to hook it up to my cable system. I, it just needs a Wi Fi connection. It needs an HDMI connection. Now, where would would that would you get that like through your cable box or something like that?
2: Radio
0: Shack, Best Buy. They're out of business. No, I mean I have an HDMI cable, but where would you could plug it into speakers? You could plug it into a home
12: theater system. You could plug it into a TV. So I, pl- I have we have ours plugged into a TV because we need the video. But I know some people that have it.
0: Um, with no, no screen. So you could plug that into it. Oh, okay. In, in just into speakers then. Yeah. That's all right. We do
11: that. You do that? Well, yeah, because neither one of us, except when the grandchildren come in.
0: <laughs> then you plug it into
2: the TV? And we have to have the TV. Uh-huh. I,
0: I think this is such a cool thing.
2: It needs to go into
17: an amp, though, not just speakers. It's not self-amplifying, is it? Yeah.
16: Jeff, do you know the answer yeah. to that? I don't know. You mean the, the opposite of TV? Yeah, it talks, it, 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 the Apple TV has voiceover built in. I
17: understand
16: that, but somebody said you just can plug speakers into it. You can't, it has to go through an app, doesn't it? No, you can, you, well, if you have to play HDMI, so you have to have an HDMI. Yeah, HDMI has if you want to. you to plug in speakers. Or or ha, or your amplifier has to support um,
2: uh, HDMI input. Right.
0: through <laughs> So, so you can plug it into a Bose speaker set. That, this is what she said. She yeah, we have if, if it has an HDMI. Input. Okay. Okay.
18: Yeah. If not,
0: you HDMI. If if not, what do you have to do? you have The
6: can mic here. The yeah. yeah. Right. Sure. Uh, here you go. Uh, I'm working. On it. No, up there. There's okay. Up.
16: So, okay. So if if you, this is how I do it at home. So I have speakers on my desk. That are they're actually mounted on the wall. We have it's a little more complicated, but it, but it works well. So what we what we do is we have the TV. The TV, if your TV has a earphone jack on it, so that you could plug in headphones, then you can take that and plug that into your speakers. If it does not, if it only has HDMI, um, the Apple TV really only supports HDMI. Okay. So, if your television only has an HDMI input, then what you're going to need to buy is an HDMI to analog converter. These are generally around $30 or so, $30 to $40. It's a little box that basically converts the HDMI signal to analog. Then you have standard ports on it that you can then plug in your speaker to, and then you have full access. So, if you don't even have a... Um, now, I have not tested this, but you've, you have been able to do this in the past. If you do not even have a television, some have been able to get the older Apple TVs to work just by connecting them to, to speakers. Um, this, may, this may not work with the new Apple TV, but if you want to hook it up to your older hi-fi system, then you definitely can. You're just going to need to buy a an HDMI to analog converter and uh, they're on Amazon you can find them they're, they're relatively inexpensive I would, I would be careful I'd look at the ratings on them some are better than others and so I would not necessarily go with the cheapest thing out there you always get what you pay for right so just you know look at reviews really really carefully and you know you'll, you'll find one that works really really well Yes, Bluetooth works fine.
0: Absolutely.
16: Yep, Bluetooth works great.
0: But don't you need an HDMI?
16: Not for Bluetooth, because it supports Bluetooth directly. Oh, so if you have... Yeah.
0: Bluetooth is wireless. Right. Yep. So if I had Bluetooth speakers... It would work fine. I would not need to worry about this HDMI connection or anything nope. like that. Nope. Wonderful. Okay. That's one less thing to have to worry about. I mean this gets around my problem with televisions. <laughs> and that's not knowing whether they're on. <laughs> other questions for Marcy? Marcy, can you give your
12: number again? Uh-huh. My number is 214-732-5788.
0: And, and Marcy, just one other thing. Um, Was was the vault for of 3000 movies at blind mice or
12: no it's an actual website that you can just click on the movie you want to listen to and you can listen to it or if you're on the computer you can download it perfect
0: that's great thank you any any anybody else for marcy
6: well uh, yeah. i just wanted I to i i just wanted to uh, ask marcy uh, can, you, can you give your contact info one more time just in case the folks on the internet want to get in touch with you?
12: Sure. My email address is Marcy, marci, M A R C I, duty, D U T Y, at iCloud.com. My telephone
2: number
12: is 214 732 5788.
6: Okay, thank you.
2: I think you're going to
0: have to re-repeat it again after after that. Interesting. What is that? Is that a telephone? Yes. How cool is that one? I need that one for my waking thought, me I up.
5: I thought it was his Apple
0: TV. Yeah. Okay. Marcy, we'll do it again, okay? Okay. Marcy, M-A-R-C-I, duty,
12: D-U-T-Y, at iCloud.com, 214-732-5788.
17: No
0: problem. (laughs) I like people. (laughs) I think you do, yeah. Marcy, thank you so much for coming. My pleasure. And, and, you know, we have some stuff going on today. You're certainly welcome to stay with us and, you know, come to our banquet tonight and hospitality and whatever. I I know you were um, a member of ACB Texas. I was. I was Secretary for Dallas, ACB. Yeah, and you're certainly welcome to come and join us if you'd like. Thank you. And we, we'd, we'd love to have you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Let's hear it from Marcy. Now, Marcy, you can just leave that with Tyler. And we'll distribute it.
11: <laughs> that, How about
0: some more door prizes? I, I think so, Becky. I think, I think we're ready to awesome. win something.
11: Okay. The first item I have up is a, a, it's a little brown jug and it's ceramic. <laughs> right. You can use it for like um, syrup or different things, or you can even just use it to set on a shelf. Along with it is <laughs> another iCub hammer. Yeah. Oh, we got another iCub hammer. Yeah. And the lucky winner is Becky Donkerson.
2: Yeah. All right.
0: <laughs> I, I would make sure that Norma doesn't know where that little brown jug is. <laughs>
11: okay. How many people in this place? Love chocolate. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. We got a lot of chocolate things coming up um, throughout the day and tomorrow. What I have is a glass that's probably about 10 inches tall, filled with candy bars. There's Butterfingers, uh, Baby Ruth. It's just an assorted. uh, I'm going to guess there's probably 10 or 15 candy bars in here. And the winner for that is Exactly. Uh, let's see here. Norma Bogie. Oh, Norma gets a chocolate.
0: Norma's going to have to work out a lot now. Norma, I Yeah, i to have with the
2: trainer
0: now, I was just going to Yeah, I I might call her and and give her a heads up on the chocolate. Oh, you're not okay. <laughs> well, then you can come to my room.
11: That's
0: right. Norma, Norma has an email.
11: <laughs> Next item I have is a ten dollar uh, bill from Linda Dietrich. Ten dollars! Oh, my wonderful. And the lucky winner is Carrie Chapman. Yay! Yay. Is Carrie here? Is Carrie here? Oh, I don't see Carrie. Put it back in. How about Dan Tegas? Yeah. Like, yeah wait a minute. I thought we were taking him okay. out of here.
2: <laughs>
11: <laughs>
8: Terrific.
0: If he wasn't here. Is he here? Yeah, Dan's
11: here. Dan's here.
5: Dan, if you have dollars
11: That's what I have for now, but I'll have some after the next speaker. Okay. Thank
5: you. Pamela, thank
2: you.
0: Let's see. We're looking for Jeremy Johnson Miller. Hi Jeremy. Come on up. And is Carol here? Carol Flickinger? Okay. Arlo? Do you have a panel
2: or is it just
18: I'm
0: right up here.
5: Right
0: up here. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um. Well, here we are again revisiting transportation. As you recall, last year we talked about this, um, and we talked about how to find drivers and how to get rides and stuff. And we thought we'd revisit it again and see if anybody's come up with anything new and different in their communities as far as how to get around, how to find uh, uh, whether there are new services available, um, as well as, you know, how how to get rides from people like people who drive Uber vehicles, et cetera. Um, And in addition to that, it came to our uh, understanding in a a very big way that it's really hard to get around the state of Iowa with the current transportation systems that are available. So we invited Jeremy Johnson Miller, who is uh, a mobility coordinator from the Iowa Department of Transportation, He's going to talk to us about what they do, and we can ask him some questions too. Um, and then also talk about the um, Transportation Summit that's coming up in May. But first, Arlo, I uh, suppose we ought to talk about how to get a ride around Des Moines or any other community.
10: Uh, I think that's probably a good
5: idea. You go. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Glad to see you all up this morning. morning. Um, Elsie and I had a late night in the hospitality room. We <laughs> hope you come back because there's plenty of stuff to eat yet and things to drink. So. We, we didn't eat all of the Graciano? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, transportation. Oh, oh. Good God. <laughs> oh, I'll stand back a little bit. <laughs> transportation is always a big issue for all of us, and right. I think that's why we invited Ger- Jeremy. Jeremy. Ger- 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 Jeremy. Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Uh, to give us input on what's being, going to be available from the state and, and what the issues are. We want to let him know what we all face as blind users of transportation. Um, and his input, I'm sure, is getting from city to city and, and that kind of thing. Although, for most of us, it's how do you get to the bus stop? How do you get to you know bus transportation loading facilities? How often do the buses run? How often uh, can we plan to get there? Can we go in one day and be back in one day, or do we need to wait for the next day to come back? Uh, So those are some of the issues that we wanted to talk about uh, with all of you, and I think he needs to hear our input so that he can help with the planning. So I think I'll turn it over to you and let you talk about what's going on and what your plans are.
18: How's this? Everybody hear me? Good. All right. Um, I'm Jeremy Johnson Miller from the Iowa DOT Office of Public Transit. Um, I had the opportunity to meet Cynthia and Arlo and um, Elsie uh, a few weeks ago. Um, And they really had some concerns from your group talking about how to make connections with Mm -hmm. public transit. Um, My job really is public transit, and so I really wanted to outline what. Our office does um, as compared to, you had mentioned, Uber and maybe some other um, what we call inner-city bus programs. And so I wanted to outline what that meant to us and how that all works um, in Iowa. Um, Public transit, we have um, actually 35 public transit systems across the state. Um, We actually cover all 99 counties. Um, so that's something that a lot of people do not um, realize, and so that's the one thing that I like to tell people is that there is public transit available in all 99 counties. It may look a little different, it may um, operate on different uh, time frames, but it is available, um, and we do have a website with a listing of all um, all of those, and so it's and our website is accessible. So I will point that out. Um, and there is a listing there, so um, it's available, and you can um, navigate through there. Um, and so, one of the questions that Cynthia sent me was, "How do we know where where the bus stops are? How do we know how to get that information?" That is not on our website, but you can get there to the individual um, transit system. So, if you're in Fort Dodge, you can get to the Fort Dodge uh, website and, or either, call. Uh, their number from our website, so you can you can navigate through our website easily to get that information. So uh, that was one of the things that was brought to our attention. Um, we do uh, last year we provided 28 million rides uh, to the entire state. Um, so that's it's fairly fairly low for the entire country as compared to like Chicago or, or New York or something, but for the entire state, that's pretty high. Um, We have about 1,600 uh, vehicles across the state. Um, They can be smaller, they can be big buses, uh, whatever you see along the roads. Um, We operate in in three different styles of public transportation across the state. Uh, We have what's called demand response. Um, That might be in the rural areas um, where it will go pick you up from your home, and take you directly to your doctor appointment, or out to lunch with friends, or um, wherever you might want to go. Fixed route is in the more urban areas where um, there's a physical stop that you have to make make it to, um, and navigate through the street to get to that stop. Along with the fixed route is what we call ADA complementary paratransit, um, and is that that is for individuals who cannot make it to that fixed route s- stop. So. Um, there is a little bit of a process to get qualified for that. Um, many, of you, many of you might know about that process, so um, that's, it's there for you. It's there to be used, so um, if there's any issues with that, let us know. Um, as part of our effort to do more community outreach and, and outreach to different groups just like this, we have what's called the Transportation Coordination Council um it, it, i i believe it, it would function just like this group we get together we talk about different transportation focused activities um and i've talked to Cynthia about this too um about maybe um representing your group um on that council and so bringing your your um issues to us um coordination council mm-hmm. um and so that group has actually been around since 1976. Um, so we are, and it's in Iowa code that we meet um, at least four times a year. So we, we come together, we talk about different aspects of transportation, uh, we meet with various different groups. So we've got um, the United Way, Vocational Reha- Rehabilitation, Department on Aging, um, Department of Human Services, uh, American Cancer Society. Uh, Department of Education, AARP, um, so any group that's statewide that touches the idea of transportation um, can come to the table and we can and we can talk together. Um, so my, my title is uh, Mobility Coordinator and so I'm a statewide uh, focus and um, this Transportation Coordination Council fought to get funding for my position and nine others throughout the state. And so that's a resource that I wanted to bring to you all um, and show that we are out there in the communities. We're kind of uh, spread throughout the state, and um, I can get that information to all of you um, and where they're located um, and, and how you can get in contact with those individuals because those individuals um, know the community that they serve and um, know the, the resources available to you to get transportation or figure out transportation for you. Um, I I do believe that Iowa is pretty unique in the transportation world. Um, like I mentioned, we have transportation available in I- all 99 counties. Um, there are some other states even within the Midwest that do not have transportation in large sections of their state. So. Um, we're pretty unique in the way that we we can get around a lot better than some other states so um, just just thinking of that <laughs> helps me get through the day a little more because I know that we we actually do have a good coordinated system um, it may not work the best and hundred percent all all the time but we we feel like um, we're we're still ahead of the game Um as part of my job, I do like to promote, too, that um, I'm not just 100% public transit, but I also like to know all the resources around for taxi cabs or Uber or how to get around with inner-city bus type stuff or um, even private companies um, or volunteer groups or um, anybody who might be able to get you from point A to point B. Uh, that's essentially my job is to figure out all those little details. Um, so it was brought to my attention that um, you know there may be some longer distance trips that um, you all might be taking. Um, something that we have a little piece of in our office is inner-city bus and we, we have some funding that goes to Burlington Trailways, Greyhound, Jefferson Lines, um, and so we, we have that information on our website as well. Um, I'm not sure if our maps nope. are not accessible. Mm-hmm. So we can work on that. So thank you for bringing that to my attention. But um, so those those systems you'll have to contact directly. So we do, we don't have any oversight on them. So I just wanted to point that out before we get into conversation. Um, and so, but they are available. They do somewhat. Crisscross the state and are available to go longer distances. Um, our public transit systems may not be able to go as far of a distance as as these intercity bus companies. So, um, letting you know that. And um, if if you do go through one of our transit agencies, um, those farther distances may be a little more costly uh, because you're taking them out of their region that they serve and um, you know, going a far distance with just one rider on a on a big bus. What's that? Um a, a lot of our systems are going with smaller vehicles, which is which is wonderful and we are um getting into that a little more and recognizing that these big large buses aren't very good, uh especially with raising gas prices and whatnot. So um, we're getting into that a little more and, and recognizing that we do need sedans and we do need vans. And um, Has anybody heard of the MV1 vehicles? Uh, no. Um, these MV1s are, um, they kind of look like a minivan, but they're built um, with a ramp built right into them. Um, so a lot of our vehicles we have to, um, we purchase and then we have to put in a ramp. Um, so it's not as secure, it's not as safe, but these MV ones have the ramp built into them, and they're extremely heavy, they're extremely durable, they're um, wonderful and the and the wheelchair user can sit up in the front seat with the driver, um, which is really neat and um kind of unique but so we're 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 getting more into that world too. so um definitely a lot smaller than those big buses too. Um, I mentioned volunteer transportation um, we have a network that we are familiar with, um, and we've done a little bit of research on that so and we have some contacts with um, oh um, Iowa Commission on Volunteer services if you're not familiar, we can get you in contact with that cynthia okay um and and they several years ago did a um, survey of volunteer driver services huh. um and so they have recognized i think at least 40 or 50 different um volunteer driver services across the state that we can um, probably get out to you that might be of use for your group here um and so um like i mentioned i keep mentioning that we want to keep looking at different resources and different ideas across the state rather than um always talking about public transit because Public transit isn't for everybody, and we recognize that, so volunteer services might be good. Um, I already talked about mobility managers um, If you do have more questions on that, I would be love to talk more about that um, we We see mobility managers as sort of case managers for transportation so if anybody's worked with a case manager, you can talk to our mobility managers as a case manager, and they'll work with you one-on-one um, to get you where you need to go. Um, so if you've all talked to a bus company and called in and tried to request a ride, um, you may be on the phone for about a minute, and they say, well, I can't help you. Um, mobility managers, they have the time to talk with you, talk through, talk through bless you, Talk, talk through the, the issues, talk through all of the ins and outs of what, what you might be dealing with. Where do we find us? Uh Mobility managers. Mm-hmm. I can send you um, all the information for that. Yeah,
2: but.
18: Yeah. Are
0: we with, with the mobility managers, are, is there like one in each region? Or, yep. or is it one statewide? Or what's, what's the deal on that?
18: Um, our mobility managers I I am the statewide and so I cover quite a bit of the state um, but we have um, eight others that cover individual regions throughout the state so we're kind of widespread and we have some coverage in the Decorah area, Dubuque um, Iowa City, Coralville area um, here in Des Moines in Central Iowa we have two Um, up in uh, Mason City we have one um, Sioux City and Council Bluffs area. So, so we're kind of we're kind of spread out, um, and we have resources across the state. So,
2: southeast
18: Idaho gets left out. Well, that. this <laughs> uh, we don't have a local level, but you can uh, certainly reach out to me um, with any questions. So, um, I would love to have someone on the local level and working within the community, but um, we haven't had anybody step up <laughs> to take on that role. Um, yes, that, that of waterloo, they have the of that you had to have,
10: uh, cars for the charges. They were up for Okay, job,
18: Yes, I know. they must but mm. the so
10: we got like Yeah, there are health or here, there are walk arms. Sure. It's other expenses you pay out of pocket, but if you got the
18: passes, you can't get those anymore. It's a big small town. If you want to talk I don't know. a little. I have talked to them about it, otherwise, just make a cab so they can. Sure, right. We'll, well, keep talking to them and um maybe they'll work something out for you. <laughs> I've been talking
10: for years and I can't even get a ride. Okay. Oh, that a pair Yeah. Oh.
2: Hmm. Now, are you have having... mm-hmm. With them, I have to get a certain age and I've been certain age and I'm still not even mm-hmm. with. Well, but I'm a senior citizen. You're taking to so the club. Good. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> That's naughty. That is so naughty. <laughs> oh my god
18: yeah uh a pair is that is not age <laughs> is not age <laughs> specific so um i'm Is unreasonable. Sure. This um,
4: this is Elsie, and I know when I had to uh, go through Paratransit as case manager for a person who was blind. He had two prostheses. And he wanted to use paratransit. He lived outside the city. uh, And uh, the thing that I found that was the very strange thing, it's also income specific. So what happened is that this person was turned down because he was like $30 over the limit for income specific so people who were blind or old or had oxygen uh, uh, oxygen or or you know issues and so on were eligible because of the low income, so we need to look at that and make make it more equitable. I think income specific should not be the motivating factor for that. Uh, Service, Um, And this is what I think, and I'm going to stick to it.
18: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. We like that. Um, I will reiterate, uh, paratransit is not age or income specific. Paratransit is designed specifically for those who cannot um, operate on the fixed route on their own. So um, if you cannot physically or mentally get to the bus stop on your own, that's who it was for. It should not be specific to income or age or anything. So if you're having those issues, please get me that information okay. uh, because we need to work through that issue because that's, that's not how they should be running their service. So I'll, I'll, I'll bring that to them. Correct. Right, right. As far as Dart goes. Sure. Here in Des Moines. Yep. Uh, Des Moines has um, several different services that operate just like that and and um and they they definitely um, go a little bit above that paratransit um, for those who don't necessarily qualify for the paratransit service, but then they can go on to that bus plus yeah. and they can still get the same benefits of the door to door type service. Is that correct? Yes.
4: correct I have a question i do not somebody
3: else to the mic or not I don't want to preempt somebody Just get up and use your it the It's yeah. right up next to you oh. right Let's see. thanks um <clears throat> what in in Davenport right now there's a kind of a big to-do and I haven't gotten as involved as I should but a a major uh, overhaul of the, the city roots is is being discussed and it's 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 many people feel like it's uh, really going to um, be much more problematic for people who don't live right on a a main line. Um, They're going to more of a grid system. And so I'm curious to know how involved, where local control starts and stops and where IDOT uh, or mobility managers like, would you, I mean, I know you don't have somebody covering Davenport, but if somebody called in... You and said, gee, this is not user friendly, this is really going to make it impossible. I mean, I'm hearing things like there's a senior living facility that many people use the bus, and now the way that they have it proposed, they're going to have to walk three blocks to a bus system. Whereas before, it stopped right out <coughs> in front of over there at the uh, Sonic Village, if you remember that spot, Sandy. So, it's like, how what, what role, if any, that would IDOT play in, in
18: addressing that? Um, our role. Um, we we are simply um, sort of a, a a funding source for the local transit systems. Um, we do do compliance reviews and make sure that they're doing the system correct. But I would urge you all to um, call and meet your local transit systems. Call and make yourself uh, make your name known that they know who you are. And um, but also go to the the public hearing notices in in the public uh, meetings as well. Um, Because there you can say just what you just said um, to to their board, to the transit board um, at the local level and um, let them know that there is this little pocket of the community that's not being served and um, they need to know that too because they should be serving the whole community. And so um, you need to let them know. Oh, people are. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Good. No, that's that's exactly how it should be working because we want we want the communities to be involved with public transit and if we don't have the community input, we just design the system how we think it should be should go or where the you know, if 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 nobody comes to our meetings then we'll just put the bus down Main Street and call it good. Um but if we have people coming to us and saying, Well, no, it needs to go off Main Street a couple blocks and then back on to wherever then we'll we'll take that into account and maybe we'll design the system a little better. So we need that public input, and we need that, um, that info from the community to let us know how to design our system. So um, that's a really good segue into my next topic, um, transit advisory groups. Um, they exist all over the state, um, so I can try to get you connected with the local one if you would like. Um, but they if you have if you're not familiar, uh, transit advisory groups are a great way to coordinate with um, transit efforts in your community. Um, they're usually hosted at the transit system um, or transit office in your local community. Um, and it's just really just a great way to sit at the table and talk about transportation. So um, again, if if you aren't able to um, make your voice known at the public meetings, Go to the transit advisory group um, and talk about those issues there too. So, um, so it's kind of a twofold effort um, where you can really get your your name out there, and, and those those usually mean about once a month. So, um, definitely take that. Do I? I do not. I do not. I do not.
17: Um, Thank you for your time, by the way. Uh, Is there someone at the DOT um, who would be familiar with uh, ADA and public access and could advise us on a problem we're having with DART and some proposals?
18: Yes, our whole office—we can talk to that. But we also have a compliance officer who is uh, well rehearsed in ADA. Um, okay, accessibility.
17: Because as of right now, our group is kind sort of stuck between Dart and a couple of malls. Yes, and it's—it's it's like we're in the street, <laughs> yes. and they're just cruising by us. So, um, and my. My way of looking at it is I want to see specifically if if this um, could possibly be a violation of the a d a so um, um I, may I contact you
18: yes um okay. i'll I'll catch you after my after i 'm done and i and I can get you my info yeah,
17: okay. if you have a card or something that'd be great yeah okay. yeah
18: definitely okay. um. If anybody is not aware, um, and it was not a DART decision, so I will put that out there first. Um, it, the local malls have, the, lo- the local malls, two of them actually, uh, Merrill Hay just down the street from here and Valley West Mall, um, have decided to take the bus stop off of their location and um, put them either onto the street or um, where else. And so actually, the one at Merle Hay just down the street from here, um the stop is now across the busy parking lot um and so and there's no sidewalk there's no um, anything and so um i think that's what you were alluding to is that it's it's definitely it's definitely a hardship for all of you who can't get around as well so um absolutely absolutely and so
5: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
18: Um and so unfortunately I do not have any oversight of Dart, but I can um take your concern and talk it through and we can at least get you to the right um individual um either with <coughs> disability right over the management
4: at the
0: yeah.
18: No.
10: That no. would be a lawsuit maybe. <laughs>
18: um what we can do is is We'll we'll just we'll connect with you, okay. Okay. Yes.
10: I, I'd like to know more
18: about the Uber stuff. Okay. <coughs> Some kids, kids they don't like it, I don't, know, I don't just don't agree with it. decided that's not even a concern right now. No. Yeah, but that's <laughs> what more about it. Uh so who has taken Uber? Oh yeah. You wanna talk about it? Okay.
0: For those, of you, for those of you who have never taken Uber, it's kind of like taking a cab, and you have to have a credit card or debit card that you can use, as well as uh, a smartphone, and you download an app, and the drivers um, for Uber are like taxi cab drivers, but instead of having a local dispatcher, the um, uber app notifies them as to when or as to whether or not there's somebody who wants a ride and um so for instance if i wanted to come or go from here to my house and i wanted to take an uber i would get on my smartphone i would open up my uber app i would say i wanted an uber i would uh, indicate where I wanted it to pick me up Usually it, it puts you sh- the address where you currently are In the, in the you know, where it wants you to pick up field And then I would say, yeah, I, I, I want to confirm that And so then it would tell me how long it would take um, For a driver to come and get me It notifies me as to about a minute before it arrives. I can call the driver if I want, and let him know if I'm like in the back of Sam's Club or over at Walmart or whatever, and who to look for. Um, and it, generally, it's been a lot cheaper than using a cab. Now, people have uh, have said that there are some things wrong with Uber, like you know maybe there are problems with the with the cars, maybe the drivers aren't as good as the taxi cab drivers. Now, I'll tell you, this in Des Moines at least, this is not true. It, it's just been great here. And um, I've had nothing but good results from the Uber that I've taken. We get to also rate the drivers. They get to rate the passengers. So, I mean, we, we get to know how, how good the drivers are. So, if we didn't want that driver, I expect we could find another one um, instead of that particular driver. Uh, but the the drivers have background checks. Their cars have to be inspected. They have to have a certain amount of insurance. They have to have a certain make and model of car that's okayed um, by Uber. And I, I've had nothing but good experiences with them. Okay, um, has that been other people's experience in here? Yes. Thank you, Norma. Um, and I, I did have one question before you go on, Jeremy. Um, when we we're talking about the the mobility managers in different areas, I know somebody over in Council Bluffs. Who lives about a half a mile outside the city limits and nobody would, there's no bus that will pick him up to go to work. And he says he has, he's having a hard time getting rides to go to work, you know, to go out looking for jobs and stuff like that. Is that something that can be coordinated through that mobility manager? Are, are, are there services that can help people who are you know, close but um, you know, just kind of outside the the boundaries.
2: That
18: that is exactly what mobility managers can do. Um, that is the exact purpose that we are there. Um, we we take those difficult cases um, and and make. Make them a little more easy to to navigate, um, and so I'm, I'm wondering if because he lives outside the city limits, he may, there may not be that paratransit piece um, out in that area. So we may have to look at the um, the county level um, service. And so that, before I was mentioning our regional systems, and so the regional system may may be um, so in that area it'd be SWIDA. um and so. Um, they may be able to take him, so it may be just a, a simple conversation um, to talk about um, if, if it 's not the omaha metro maybe it 's Swita, maybe it 's um, an issue of going from Iowa into Nebraska maybe it 's something like that so uh, so maybe we have to talk about um, all those details, but um, that 's exactly what we are here for we, can move this now. <laughs> uh, we cannot, but you can. <laughs>
6: <laughs> i i have a quick question here uh you know you talk about uh, we talk about different options of uh you know like uber and and different things like that that you can get on your iphone you know what is the what are we doing here in the state of iowa about these automated vehicles you know that uh, like google's making and stuff like that w- what's the status on those i mean are they are the laws in place here in Iowa for those, or where are we going with that?
18: Not yet. Um, we we are somewhat interested, but somewhat a little bit scared about that. <laughs> um, as you can imagine, an unmanned vehicle floating around town. Um, we don't know the safety. We don't know the um, the reliability. We don't know uh, what that might look like. And but we have had conversations. Um, so we know that it's coming. We know that um, something might happen. I don't know. Um, it's very, very, very early in conversations. But I do know that other states are taking it on a little more. Did that answer your question?
6: Yes, thank <laughs> okay, you. good.
18: I,
8: could I make one comment, yeah, Catherine Whitty? Um, last year, several ICub members attended the transportation summit oh, yeah. in Marshalltown, and after that, um, the state board contacted Department of Transportation, and we were offered the opportunity. I can't remember the exact council or board that we were offered an opportunity to participate in, and we could not identify an ICub member who was willing to do that. So part of our responsibility as a concerned group is that we have to step up. And we have several members who are active at many levels in many points, but we need more members uh, to cover all of these issues, and we need members uh, outside the greater Des Moines area to do the same. Um, I think Jeremy and DOT are willing and want participation, but that's our responsibility. So I just wanted to um, put the responsibility on us. Can I ask a question related to that, real quickly? Um, <clears throat> and the, it's
3: interesting because I'm actually I'm chair of the resolutions committee, and I actually had written something in the resolution on transportation, which we'll be reviewing tomorrow, that talked to, talks about. Um, originally, it said the IDOT board, and so I've, now that I've learned that the structure about the Transportation Coordinating Council, um, and you mentioned a number of agencies that are at that table, right now I have the resolution written to say that we would ask IDOT to expand that membership to include an ICUB representative. Is that something in statute or something where these organizations are identified, um, and is, would that be an appropriate clause to keep in a resolution, or is that offer already on the table.
18: Um, Thank you for that question. Um, The only thing in Iowa code is that um, Department of Human Services be present. Um, However, we are 100% open to any group that has transportation troubles. Um, And so, the invitation has been there for Cynthia, I believe, to um, be involved with that group. So um, we're hoping that, um, well, our next meeting is at the summit. I'm really glad that you brought that up because I glazed right over that and didn't talk about it. So um, our next meeting is the summit. So um, we encourage everyone to come to that. And um, for those of you not at the transportation summit last year, it was very well attended we had over 150 there in participation um we had a speaker from uh, national geographic come and talk about his his travels from washington dc to um antarctica on the bus um so all of his all of his his uh, so i mean he had everything from really nice drivers to drivers who carried machetes and drivers who uh they had to chop down a tree because it fell on the road and all of that. So um, so he talked about his troubles and all of that, and it was just a wonderful speaker. Uh, this year we have some in, um, individuals from uh, Washington coming and talking to us about technology. So, um, so that might be an interest. Um, the DOT is very interested in technology right now, and so we're looking forward to what more we can do with technology and... Um, how we can integrate that onto our buses and so the summit is really just a really good way to um, get transit professionals, individuals, riders, whoever might be interested in transportation and talk about transportation together. Um, We have four different breakouts, um, four different topics in the afternoon so we can um, all work together and talk about different topics of interest um, and, and really just talk through anything that you might have of interest to talk about. Um, Before I leave, I do want to talk about um, technology on our buses. So if you guys are interested in that, I can talk too. But I see we have a question, so I'll let you ask your question now.
17: Well, I just um, wanted to know what the status was, excuse me, of high-speed rail. Um, Is it a question of... Nobody wants to- allot any money for it, so is it dead, or I hope not because didn't it come as far as didn't it come through Illinois or didn't they approve the funding and then it sort of died once it got to Iowa <laughs> maybe you can <laughs> the, maybe you can help me understand
18: i will I will say at least the conversation is not dead, so um we can be assured of that um Illinois had approved their funding. Um, but I, they're definitely going through some hardships with funding, so I don't know exactly where that stands, but I know that they really had broken ground, um, in in a few locations. Now, Iowa, um, had proposed funding, uh, with VILSAC, I believe, and then, um, once Branstead got in, he took that funding for other programs, so, um, however, we have a staff member, um, at the DOT working on passenger rail situations. So, so there is a dedicated staff to that topic. So okay. it's, not, it's not dead. It's not um, going away by any means. Um, we know that it's the future of transportation. We know a lot of people are going there. Um, it's sad to say that that's our future because it was also our past. Um, trolley cars and passenger rail was in every single town in Iowa. Um, but they took those lines away for some reason. But anyway, so it's not dead. It's still going forward.
17: Well, that's good to hear. And just yeah. as an aside, I know it's a federal program, but I absolutely love Amtrak, and I love the fact it's pretty close. Thank yes.
18: you. Yeah. Amtrak is good. Um, I did want to touch on technology in our buses, so I don't know if everyone is aware, but there are a lot of systems that are moving towards um, apps for their, for their bus systems. Um, Here in Dart, they just got an app um, just recently, and then Iowa City Coralville, they have an app, and um, Sioux City has an app, and I'm not sure if Waterloo does, Um, but a lot of our systems are moving towards that and making them a little more involved in getting that information to you, into your hands, into your homes, um, so you can get real-time information on where the buses are. Um, where they're located, um, and it will tell you the bus will come in three minutes. It will tell you a bus will come in. If you miss the bus, it will tell you the next bus will be there in in 12 minutes. So um, it's very, very handy. Um, If you haven't been able to um, discover that yet, please do. And um, and are you guys able, are you familiar with Google Maps? Yep. Does that work well for you all? Yes. Okay. So, on on a side note, once, once our transit system starts using an app, all of the um, the routes will go on to Google Google Maps. So, I don't know if you're familiar with that. Um, so
2: throughout
18: the state. Um, in the specific area uh, that where, where the where the where the transit system okay. is, and so um, so if you're in a specific city, so say if you're um, in Chicago and you're trying to figure out where you're going. You pull up Google Maps and it will actually give you information on the transit system itself and so if if you want to know where you're going, you can um choose the transit um option and it will say walk x you know x amount of steps this way, how many blocks this way turn right, turn left go go to the transit system there's your stop, get on the bus or get on the rail whatever. Um, it will be a step by step um option to get to the next your next location your nearest location so so that that is coming and we're we're trying to work on that statewide actually so yeah.
0: Um, i need a i need a volunteer to pass some braille stuff out i've got um a brochure here on the transportation summit that we did up in Braille that Jeremy sent to me. And if we could pass those out. Um, This is what I I need to know for our group. And, And I think what we all need to know is how, like last year, we were able to contact DART, and they took us... They took us there. If people are interested in going, let's say, from Waterloo or from Dubuque or, you know, wherever, will their regional transit system take them to this transportation summit?
10: Or can I get it sent to Cynthia? You? Can you get
0: it to me and, and okay. we can send it out? Go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> so anyway, um, Jeremy, maybe you can address that. How do we, I mean, is are there, do you know again, are there going to be transportation? Is transportation going to be available to come to the summit from the different areas?
5: And uh, give
18: Um, Transportation, we know, is a huge barrier, and we want statewide participation. So um, we have tasked each of our 35 systems to um, be available for our systems, be available for this people wanting to go to this. I'm scared now. I'm scared. Um, So that is available, and if you have issues making those connections, please let me know, um, and we can make those connections, and we're glad that DART was able to do that for you. And the date is uh, May 12th. It's on a Thursday. Um, It's in Marshalltown, um, so that makes it a little harder to get to. Um, But um, we're at the community college right in in Marshalltown. Um, It's a really great, big building that we can use at our leisure. Um, the kids are on summer break, so we have the building pretty much to ourselves, and we can free lunch, and um, everything's free, so that's the other great part, too. And Cynthia, you were there last year, right? Oh, yeah.
2: yeah
18: so, it, was, it was very interesting. So if you want to make that sell to the group, um, please do. Last year, there were,
0: I think it was 10 of us who came from Des Moines, and I think Don, didn't you go from Ames?
18: Yes.
0: And we we're hoping to get more participation from different parts of the state this year, maybe Dubuque or Cedar Rapids, um, Waterloo, uh, and so. If you're interested in going, and um, and if you need help finding out, um, you know how to contact your regional transit system if you don't use a computer or whatever. I'd, I'd certainly be willing to help any of you if you want to give me a buzz on the phone, or send me an email, um, and you know we can kind of coordinate that with Jeremy here. If if your transportation regional transit area will not take you, we'll we'll figure something out here. Um, the other thing, Jeremy, is I I don't know how to. Um, meet with this council that meets in Des Moines. I mean, I I don't know when do I do I who I do I contact you? Do I contact them? Because um, because I think it would be really good for us to be involved on and have a seat at that table. It's, you know, we know also that transportation is a big issue for a lot of people in getting jobs. So. You know, this is vital to us.
18: Um, I will send you that info, information. Um, it's right in Des Moines at the um, um, River Place, Polk County River Place. So do I just show up? Well, yeah, I'll, I'll send you that information okay. on the next meeting. It will probably be uh, June, will, yeah. be, will be the next formal meeting. So we'll get you that information.
0: Um. One other question, uh, some of us hire drivers we're also talking about trying to get maybe some volunteer drivers um, through the Lions Club and other other people um, Do you know anything about insurance and and um, you know automobile insurance any anything related to that that would keep us from um getting drivers
18: um, i do not um, and that w- that might be a question for um, that you can send to iowa commission on volunteer services um, and i have a good contact for that um, they may have a little more information on um, how to contact different groups or they, they may have a listing of volunteer drivers as well that you can maybe expand your your knowledge or network on who's available but also, um, they should be ne- of a, um, knowledgeable on you know, all the ins and outs of the insurance coverage and whatnot, too. So that, that might be a good avenue for you to um, explore. So I can, get, I can get you that contact for the group if you want.
0: Does anybody have any other questions for Jeremy?
18: That is a wonderful question um <laughs> yeah uh, we we I believe it's the end of april um see so you, you may have another week to do that um so because i there's a certain time where we need to get the head count to the location for the meals and and whatnot so i I believe it's end of April. it was on the flyer that uh we passed out, so I, I hope it's on there. Um, and you guys can find that out too um, i'll and if it if it's not end of april i'll I'll get that out to the group to let them know
0: and And all I can say is if you think you might be going, you ought to register anyway and then you probably will go. <laughs> Um, and they'd have a good head count, so we need to get at that. Um, Let's see. Other questions for Jeremy? Jeremy,
5: I had a question. This is Arlo. If you're using – you said there's services in all 99 counties. If, say, I live in Dallas County but have an appointment in downtown Des Moines and fixed-route system isn't available, do I – yeah, is it? Do I need to use? Uh, I guess what I'm saying is, if I live in Dallas County, am I able to use the system in Des Moines, or, or do they connect, or should I use a private volunteer or somebody to get to that appointment?
18: Uh, with that situation, you're you can use um, a combination. Um, if you live in Dallas County, I would probably look at the Dallas County provider, um, and so. Um, that would be on our listing of um, transit systems on our website, um, the one that would provide s- service to Dallas County. And um, they are, we don't have imaginary roadblocks at the county line, um, so they are able to cross county lines and go into neighboring cities like Des Moines. Um, so that might be your best option. Um, or they can connect you to the dart stop, and, and then you can go on your way. Whichever works best for the the client.
5: The other question I have is: Do these services work twenty four hours a day, or is there a cutoff time during the day when we can't use that?
18: You mean uh, transit service?
5: Yes. Does it run till six in the evening? Does it run till
18: um, ten? It, it varies on community. Um, a lot of the uh, the rural services um, may end six p.m. 8 p.m. something like that. Um, I think here in Des Moines they go to at least 10 or 11, uh, depending on the route. Um, so I know if you're if you're working out at uh, Jordan Creek, I think they the last route there is 11 p.m. So um, it, it definitely varies. Um, I don't think we have any 24-hour service, unfortunately. So
5: the reason I ask that is sometimes you take a, a, a commuter bus, trailways, greyhound, whatever, you're getting off in some little town at 11 o'clock at night, then how do you get home from there is is the issue sometimes. Yeah, yeah. so uh,
18: that is an issue that we know about, and um, I, I I really, truly wish there was 24-hour service everywhere, but um, definitely we we would be able to connect you with, cabs or something like that um, that would be the next option that we would look at unfortunately
5: well thank you you, yeah, thank you you made me aware of a lot of things that i wasn't aware of as far as the services in every county um, and uh, some of the other issues I, th- I think some of the things that we run into is you know if we hire drivers you know it may depend on what their insurance is it may say they can't take a paid rider uh, but if they're doing it as a volunteer, you know then then maybe their insurance would cover that. I'm assuming that all the people you deal with are covered under a, a blanket insurance program.
18: yeah, yeah all, all of our thirty five transit agencies are um, required by federal law to have a hundred or a million dollar liability coverage. So um, when you ride a transit bus, know that you are covered and you are safe. Um, all of our drivers are required to have background checks, and a lot of the um, other systems may go above and beyond that and do child abuse, el- elder abuse uh, background checks. There are um, regular um, drug drug and alcohol checks um, to make sure that um, everybody is as safe as possible. So um, know that when you're on a transit bus, it's very safe. Um, the drivers are well-trained. Um, they have to go through a series of... Um, trainings just to be a driver um, There's, they have to take um, at least two weeks worth of behind the wheel training before they can even drive a passenger so um, just know that you, you're not going to get a, a driver on the, their very first day behind a 40 foot bus so um, just know that um, our drivers are safe our services are safe and we our office makes sure that they are in full compliance of being safe so um, please know that
4: uh, this is Elsie Monte and I just had another cu- a question: Are they trained specifically in issues of blindness, and how to how to uh, react to a white cane and a guide dog? And are there ways that we might be able to help with this specific blind issues uh, that uh, so drivers are made more aware? That's uh, that's my question. I mean, can we help?
18: Yeah, I, I would love your help. And um, I will say that a lot of our drivers go through um, sensitivity training. Um, it's called, um, the acronym is PASS, but it's Passenger Assistance and S- Security and Sensitivity Training. And so part of that training goes deep into um, ADA and um, service animals and Adaptive technologies and uh, wheelchair accessibility and cane travel and and all of that and so a lot of our drivers are very well aware of um, How people get around and how they use different? um, Devices to get around so that is something that we're aware of Um, But if you definitely come into something an issue Mm -hmm. with that let us know because there should not be any any issue with that so um, and that is a protected law under ADA. So please let us know if there's ever any issue with that. Um, but absolutely, if there's a specific training that we can learn about, please let us know, too. Because um, we've, we've actually been talking with um, Iowa Epilepsy Foundation, too. Um, and they have a specific trainer, training for our drivers to educate the drivers on different levels of epilepsy and seizures um, so that way, our drivers know what's happening when there is a seizure. Is it a, a, a risky seizure, or is it just a common everyday seizure that they'll be fine after they have their seizure? So it's um, something that we're always willing to learn more. So please, please let us know if there's specific training for your community that we can learn about. I think
5: people are hungry. Wait, Arlo? I had one other question, and that's how much lead time do you need if somebody needs to set up a time to get to grocery shopping or an appointment or things like that?
18: Um, That is probably one of our biggest questions, so thank you.
5: Um, A
18: lot of our services, so if you're in the urban area, you don't need to call ahead. Um, You can just walk get to the bus stop and um, get right onto the bus. There's no need to schedule ahead. But if you're doing uh, paratransit or anything like that, a door-to-door service, a lot of our services require at least 24 hours' notice. Um, But if it is an emergency, I will um, hesitate to say please call because um, they may be able to get you in. So if you wake up in the morning and you're just not feeling the greatest and you need to go to the doctor, Please call because they may be able to get you in. So um, don't don't rule us out on the same day if if they have that rule. So um, especially on paratransit because um, there are certain rules um, with paratransit in the ADA that we cannot deny a ride. So um, there there is that in place for the protection of the rider.
0: Jeremy, um, you say do these do these. Uh 35 regions ever change like with counties and stuff um, are they pretty pretty stable because my thinking is this that if we could uh, you know make a list of them in Braille and in large print and telephone numbers we could have a resource list that we could send out to our members and have at our disposal on the managers and who to call and all that
18: jazz Um. If they do change it will take a act of the governor to change so uh, and I'm not I'm not kidding I'm not kidding it was written into Iowa code um, 30 in 1976 that we have 35 transit agencies Um, they're not named specifically so the the ownership of the transit agency might change but the county coverage will not change so now if if urban areas start getting bigger or whatever that might change a little bit but we don't have any of those urban areas getting huge that will be adding services so i would be safe to say that in in uh what is it 38 years we haven't changed anything i think i think it's safe to say we can make that list available that's that
3: the one that's online
2: correct
0: that's that's yeah and i i was thinking that for some of our members who don't Use the computer and stuff. It might be nice to have a braille list and you know, a large print list. But the other thing that I'm concerned about is the stops in Iowa for the Greyhound, the Trailways, and the Jefferson, like kind of in a, some kind of order of how they stop and that sort of thing. Now, their websites are not always very good. Um, I know, uh, yeah, but sometimes they they, they charge you. Um, yeah, well, to, isn't it? Wasn't it? If if people couldn't use the internet, they were charging somebody like fifteen dollars to make to get a ticket from Greyhound or, or it, it was one of those three. Yeah, and and I don't think that's right um, that that we should have to pay for that if people are calling them by phone. But what we need to do is be able to know, you know. Where these stops are kind of in some route order so so we can make a list sure. so we we'd even know you know if it comes close to where we are sure
18: uh, and that that is something not on our website, so unfortunately um we don't have oversight of those services, but we can um we do have contacts with those services, okay. so we can um we can, we can try to make that connection and make that more available to um, um, various different communities. Because I know that I've tried to help somebody on, um, you know, trailways or something, and, and all you do is just type in your location, and then this availability pops up, but it's not, it doesn't tell you exactly where to go. And, and sometimes the stops are at a gas station, and so that's not very helpful um, to know or get to or how to get there or something. So I think those conversations need to start happening.
0: Well, I know um, the Greyhound website was not very accessible for us. Um, I I was thinking that somebody said it, it. they've changed it, and I was thinking it was Jefferson or Trailways was a problem too. And if they're receiving any kind of federal money, I mean, those websites need to be accessible. So if we if we use those sites and find out that they're not accessible to us, can you guys do something about that?
18: I think you make a valid point. So um, we'll, we'll have those conversations for sure. And we might have one more question.
17: Uh, hi, this is Norma Bogie again. Um, Madam President, if I may, um, recently a... <coughs> settlement was announced regarding Greyhound and their um, numerous ADA violations over the years. Um, There is information on the website ADA.gov. People who uh, have a disability that believes they might have been discriminated against in some fashion by Greyhound within the last three years can get information um, where you might be able to be party to the settlement. Um, The settlement involved um, assistance at uh, terminals, getting to buses, getting off buses. Um, There was also something in there about the website and other things that I don't recall right now. the reason I know about it is I was one of the plaintiffs in the suit.
9: <laughs> Good for you. So,
17: um, yeah, and that um, my h- horrific experience happened about five years ago in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, I won't go into the details. Catch me in hospitality if you want to know more. <laughs> but uh, so anyway, um, uh, th- it, it, you know, it, 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 they were really... Violating um, our rights, at least as far as blind guys, and um, the DOJ finally got them, and um, so hopefully we'll see some improvement. Then there's going to be, um you know, tr- additional training of staff and and just all you know sorts of things. So uh, hopefully the future will be a little brighter for those of us that use Greyhound. Thank you.
18: Perfect. Thank you,
0: Jeremy. Um. This has been really helpful to all of us, and we'd like to have you back as a regular <laughs> and, and we're going to bravo to you and thank you for coming and and you know, I hope many of us I, I plan to go to that summit and we see you there, and we'll say hi to you and and thank you so much for coming and, and being part of our group today um, It's greatly appreciated. And we're going to solve this transportation problem in Iowa. We are going to do it here. So let's see what time. Oh, we need a door prize. God, we're even on time.
11: Okay, I have three for now, and then three more before we go to lunch. Uh, The first thing I have is um, more garden stakes. There are two beautiful butterflies. They're about four inches in diameter, and then there is a frog. There is also a small wind chime attached with this, and then there's another stone um, that has flowers and butterflies that are raised and also little gems on the butterflies and it says bless this garden who's going to win this and the winner is Gloria O'Neill Gloria Gloria that's wonderful
5: that's great Gloria now you can plant a garden and with that uh, wind chime, you can be flighty, you know, like the butterfly.
11: <laughs> okay, the next oh, yeah. item I have is a bag that you can use when you go shopping. It's one of those, uh, instead of getting paper bags, you can use this uh, oh, like material bag. With... Oh, nice. Um, in it is a small box of crackers, a small box of peanuts. Mm. And a ACB umbrella. All right. Whoa, that's good. Oh, I'm sorry, an iCub umbrella. Okay. And the winner of that is. Violet Haverland. Violet! All right, Violet! Good for you, Violet! <laughs> um, next, I have a. envelope that was donated by the Dubuque iCub. Oh. And the winner of that is Joyce Davis. She's not here. Not here. All right. Next winner is Brenda Criswell.
0: Not here. 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 $10. Nobody wants
11: this money. I do. How about Don Franklin? All
0: right, Don. There you go. Hey, Don, you can buy seeds for Gloria's garden.
8: Um, this is Catherine Witty, and I'm sort of interrupting, but we have uh, several people who have arrived during the last speech, and so we could do like church. We could ask everybody to move in toward the wall to make room, or if you... If you have room at your table, maybe one of you can stand so that we can identify where the spaces are and people can join us. And
0: Who who came
8: in? And then I have um, one card to read. This is at the request of Inez Schultz. um, Because every year, uh, a gentleman named Matt Worthune has provided a van at no cost to uh, members on the east side of the state. Hmm. And... um, Inez wants to convey uh, a thank you to him. I'm not sure if she wants additional signatures. I'll check with her on that later. The card says, uh, Dear Matt, uh, thank you for the use of your new van to attend the iCub convention. Thank you more than I can say. Just wanted you to be aware of that contribution.
0: Thank you. Oh, I didn't even realize that that happened. That was really nice. Okay.
18: Marcia
7: has a question. Oh, I was just speaking you. Okay, oh thank you. I'm, my name is Marsha Mote and I'm just addressing this to I think um, Jeremy that um, has that's, um,
0: Now, yeah. who who's here with Dart?
7: I don't think it's working either. Is that you, Marcia? Okay. Okay. Um, can Okay. My name is Marsha Mote and I'm just um want to talk to uh, make it, have a question with for Jeremy. Um um, in my family, we have an inherited eye condition, so four of us sisters are all blind, and all three of us have qualified for the paratransit, okay? But one of us that has applied for it, um, she's been denied every time about taking the paratransit, and she's blind, and she also has a heart disease on top of it, and she lives south of um, Indianola Road um, on Meadow Trace, and they tell her that she has to walk to Southridge in order to catch... Th- catch the bus and so she's been denied paratransit and it's my cons- i'm just addressing this because i'm concerned because because she does have an eye disease and has a and a heart condition on top of it and i don't understand why she's been denied been denied every time she's applied
18: has has there been an, an appeal
7: um yeah i think lisa has appealed it and she's even talked to a neil Yes. Uh, that's there and he was supposed to look into it but nothing has ever been done and she's applied more than once.
18: Okay. Let so, me um I'll come back and and connect with you. Okay. Okay, thank you. And I'll give you my contact.
7: Okay, thank you Jeremy.
18: Yeah. If anybody wants
8: seats, there are four seats at a table at the third table from the front. There are two seats in the at the table to my left, so I'll just let you uh, make your way forward if you want to thank you now um
0: huh do, do you need it? okay i would like to introduce somebody to you hang on um i wanted you guys to get to know Jeff Bishop a little bit. I I know we were going to have vendors talk today at our meeting, but Pat Fisher has gone, and I don't know if Richard Kelly is still here. Yeah, I don't know if Richard Kelly is still here, and I, I think, I know Pat Fisher has gone. Um, our lady, we have a lady from, her name is Dawn Williams. She's from, um, Secretary of State's office And she has brought an accessible voting machine It's over in the Kansas room She's going to be with us this afternoon But we'd like people to Just go check that thing out She's over there demonstrating it And um, That's it Otherwise I'd like to Introduce Skip. Jeff Bishop Oh yes Don Don
3: Um, I I also would encourage people to go to the uh, voting um, demonstration and check it out. Because yesterday when I did it, we found a flaw. Um, So she was making note of it to get that corrected. So um, there may be others that you can help identify that will make our voting experience positive when it goes live. So if you do have the opportunity... Um, I would encourage you to uh, get over there and try it out.
0: I know she's going to be set up this morning until 12.15 and then this afternoon, um, 1.30. And, and, you know, I know we have things going on this afternoon, too, but um, to be able to just get in there and check it out would be helpful for you guys. Um, But, Jeff, could you come up? I, I've asked Jeff to talk a little bit about ACB Radio and uh, what it does because a lot of us are not familiar with it and haven't been familiar with it, don't listen to it, and we don't know what's on there. And I think it would be helpful because we are streaming. We're we're live out there, and, and we're talking to people across the country today. So Jeff Bishop, um, who is on the ACB board, American Council of the Blind Board. He's a director. He's also chairman of the... Um, ACB. Yeah, uh, ACB. <laughs> Jeff, I'm going to let you do this. Oh, and you I'm work fine. at the University of Arizona, etc. cetera. Yeah. No, yeah. Samira. Yep.
16: <laughs> good morning, everybody. Yeah, so if you have good Samira stories, she might be listening even. So... Everyone say hello to Samira. Hi, Samira. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> oh, boy, what a morning. So the hotel was supposed to wake me up at 6.30, and they never called. That's not good. Well, um, thank you for having me this morning, and uh, right now I want to talk to you a little bit about ACB Radio. ACB Radio is uh, a, a project of the American Council of the Blind. It's it's a project that has been going on now since 1999. Jonathan Mosen, many of you will remember Jonathan when he was on ACB Radio, started uh, ACB Radio along with Paul Edwards, and it's been going ever since. We have a, a really strong team of people who, uh, who uh, work on ACB Radio. In fact, young man sitting over there who's giving free massages later today, right? Has been, <laughs> has, been on, has been on ACB radio, and if you've listened to ACB radio for a long time, you will have he- heard that young man grow up. So I want everyone to give a, a real warm, warm uh, round of applause to Tyler. Yay! All right. Awesome stuff.
6: Thank you for that, Jeff. I really appreciate it. You're that.
16: welcome. <laughs> he does. He didn't. He did not six years ago, though. Very squeaky, high pitched. You know, he definitely grew up. Um, so I I lead the ACB Radio Management Team, and really, you know, ACB Radio is is uh, it's it's not about me. It's it's not about the it's not about the people who help lead ACB Radio. It's about the people who produce the content and work really really hard as volunteers as well as uh, our paid staff member uh, Larry Turnbull. Larry Turnbull really is a hero to ACB. He is someone that does many jobs. He wears many many hats. He he works on ACB radio. He supports the national office staff. He, he just is a jack-of-all-trades and does many many things. Um, Debbie Hazelton who uh, has had to step away from her assisting um, director role from ACB radio is really someone that is uh, I care very deeply about and is someone who um, has really helped shape the direction of ACB radio over the past nine months and uh, and she's still going to be on air, so you'll still be able to hear her shows. Uh, Monday with uh, The Good Energy Mix and Tuesday in The Quiet, two of the two of the favorite shows on ACB Radio. Uh, of course, you all know uh, Kim Charlson and Brian. They're on our ACB Radio management team. And Rick Morin, who uh, runs the audio stuff for our convention, is on the team as well. And, of of course, we can't forget uh, Michael. Who's, uh, and he's on the board currently, but I think this is his last term, so he's leaving the board. And uh, he'll definitely be missed. Um, We have all kinds of shows. We have seven streams. You're on the ACB Radio live event stream right now. And this stream is used for convention-type coverage. There will be a podcast feed available. In fact, this show should be, uh, this this convention will actually be a part of that podcast feed. So it will be distributed worldwide uh, for those that wish to actually subscribe to the podcast feed directly. Uh, we of course have the ACB Radio Interactive Stream, which is the stream that airs DJs, and Tyler is on there. We have ACB Radio Mainstream. ACB Radio Mainstream is the the talk of the blind community. It's where you'll hear a lot of uh, our of our talk shows. ACB Radio's main menu technology program is heard there. How many of you guys listen to main menu? Yeah, yeah good. And it's a it's a great show, and we have a really really great team of, of people working on that now. Um, Randy Rosnack, Janine Stanley and Jason Castingway are are doing great things I chip in when I can but they are really the heart and soul of Main Menu right now And and Main Menu has been going on now for uh, over 16 years and it's just fantastic really, really good stuff Um, we'll have Facebook on next week we had an opportunity to interview Facebook on the Main Menu team in fact I helped with that interview last week so uh, stay tuned for that, and, and a lot more. Um, I'll be talking a little bit more at lunch about some things that you'll probably be hearing on main menu coming up in, in the May-June time frame, so stay tuned for that. Um, of course, some of our favorites are uh, uh, the Cooking with the Hazelnut show, which is a show that Debbie Hazleton and, and Randy produce on Mainstream, and the Cooking in the Dark show, uh, which is a, always a fan favorite on ACB Radio. We have the ACB Radio Cafe. This is a, uh, a stream for uh, that Well, we play music produced by blind people. So, you know, Stevie Wonder, Ronnie Mills have all kinds of stuff. Um, great stuff. It, it, it has been one of our uh, most popular streams. The ACB Radio Treasure Trove. This is a stream of all-time radio shows. Everyone loves all-time radio, right? Good stuff. Love that stuff. And, and we have a we have a gentleman named Bruce Taves. Many of you may have seen him on Twitter. He uh, puts his heart and soul into this project, and uh, Old Time Radio is uh, the love of his life. Well, actually, no, the love of his life. He's getting married coming up here in just a few weeks, and so that's really the love of his life. But the second love of his life, <laughs> Bruce is going to kill me. <laughs> um, the second love of his life is is old time radio, and that that gentleman puts in literally hundreds of hours a month in producing the um, content for us, finding really high quality versions of shows. You'll notice that the yeah, absolutely the, the, the shows you hear there are pristine audio; they're fantastic. Um, he does a lot of really great stuff. If you're a news junkie, we have a world news and information stream. And we have a special events stream, and I have not been counting, so I hope someone's been counting to seven with me here. <laughs> I think I got them all. Um, so, you know, we're, ACB Radio is, uh, is live and well. We're, we're doing really, really great things. Uh, one of the things that we did last year as part of the ACB Radio project, really it was more of a, of a national project. I'll mention it here now so that I have more time to talk about other things at lunch, and that is the new ACB iPhone app. So, so ACB Link, who has it? Oh, no. Oh, that, you've made me very sad. All right. Well, so the mission for you today is to go to the App Store, if you have an iPhone, and download ACB Link. ACB Link is an app that links you to the organization, basically. Um, You can get lots of our our website information from the app. The radio tab has all of our ACB radio streams in it, so you can listen to ACB radio right from the app itself. If you're traveling around the country and you want to contact state affiliates or special interest affiliates, you can very easily locate them inside of the app. It's a a good recruiting tool as well. And we're working really, really hard right now on the next release of ACB Link, which um, knock on, what is this? This is not really wood, is it? It's more yeah, formica or something. uh, Well, assuming that all things go well, we'll have a new version of ACB Link to announce at convention. And there will be some features specifically designed for people at convention, as well as people that will be away from the convention itself. So some really exciting things there. And um, the the state of uh, Arizona contributed the seed money to get ACB Link started. Paul Edwards' uh, funded acb links development this year so a special shout out to him and and the uh, florida affiliate thank you thank you so much guys very much appreciated and um yeah i think i think that's all right so how do you get thank you for that um so to get on ac and and someone's going to ask me for the phone number right and i don't have it memorized in yeah, it was in the last bulletin. Okay, good. Somebody, somebody grab a mic and you can give us the phone number. Okay, good. It's, all right. It's on acbradio.org, actually, if you want to jump up there. And Tyler can probably get it fast, too. Okay. Uh, if you want to listen on the web, you can go to acbradio.org. Um, oh, one of the other cool things I wanted to mention is that a lot of people have asked us to allow for us to a- allow for downloading of our ACB Radio interactive shows. So you can download most of our mainstream shows, in fact I think all of them are, downloadable now through a podcast feed of some some kind. Um, The interactive shows, well see, we play music on those and so there's copyright issues there. You really can't legally distribute music, right? Remember the old days of Napster and all those guys, that wasn't really legal. So we don't want to get in trouble with anybody and we don't want anybody else to get in trouble. So we came up with a way that did not violate our license, and we now have a, the ACB radio on-demand service. So if you miss an ACB radio interactive show, like Tyler's, for example, you can go up and you can stream it any time that you want, and you can listen to any of his shows. There, there's a number of shows up there, and you can, you can listen to them and um, catch up with everything going on in Tyler's life. All his tractor stories and, you know, all the things he talks about on his show. All kinds of crazy Jeff? stuff. Yep.
11: I, have, I think I have the number you're asking for. Thank you. 605-475-8130. Yeah,
16: see, I had the last four. <laughs> I, <laughs> then,
11: then you know I got the right You know, number.
16: You know, it's, um, you, now that we have um, cell phones, we don't memorize phone numbers anymore. It's really bad, isn't it? Yeah. Does anyone else have any questions at this time? Oh, right, okay. So, Um, right, so I was kind of talking about... This is Donna Seliger.
4: The last time I saw you was at a bar in Washington, Alexandria. Yep. Anyway, uh, has uh, anyone suggested that we give a shout-out to ACB World? I think we should do it.
16: We, uh, we did it yesterday. We did it yesterday. We will do it again today. So let's do it again today. Yep. And and Donna, thank you're here. I, I, I'm glad you're here. I, I heard you were coming today, and uh, I I want to say this is a this is a woman that has always been an inspiration to me. Um, it's it's uh, she has always been someone that I've looked up to. Of you know when I have been looking at you know well do I really want to do this national thing. And uh, she's been a, a, an inspiration, boy. We miss your voice on the uh, convention floor, and um, especially, you know, during the the coverage. It's, it's thank you so. You're a your your delight. All right. Um, so, acbradio dot. Let, let's uh, we'll, we'll do the shout out in just a minute. But if you have a, a media player, and, and most people do now with uh, their Windows or Mac computers, you can just go to ACBRadio.org, and you can find the link to whichever stream you want to listen to, and then click on the Listen Now link. And uh, that's how you listen. You can listen on your phone, either through uh, ACB Link or through uh, OOTunes. If you have that app on your phone or any (laughs) other app that that has us listed, you can listen on your stream, your Victor Reader stream, of course. And a, a lot of our podcasts on ACB Radio are available on the Victor Reader stream as well. And uh, then you can call in and, and do it on the phone, just like the, the young lady gave us the phone number for. All right. Um, b- before we give the big shout-out, any other um, questions?
6: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, um, I had, I had Je- uh, one quick thing to ask. Hold on. Air.
16: Hold on. Someone else had a question before you, Tyler.
17: Um, I just wanted to, on behalf of myself and anyone else, um in the universe that's using an Android phone? Yes. Um you got my email. I received your nice response, but mm-hmm. please don't forget about us when it We comes haven't to forgotten the, about you. To so the ACB app. Yep. <laughs> please.
16: You bet. So I,
17: we're small but we're we're important. No, here.
16: there's more and more review, you know. This <laughs> is, um Thank you. You know, uh Amazon came out with their new Amazon Fire tablet just recently. It's a $49 tablet. It's Yep. And it's a good way, if you're interested in learning about Android, it's a great way of getting into the Android um, space. It's cheap. They, it, it, they now have a new screen reader on it called Voice View. It's basically like Android TalkBack, except that it's, it's sort of just you know Amazon's version of it. It does have some additional features and things, but it's, it's a good way to, to go. So let me explain to you why we don't have an Android version. The, the simple reason is because we haven't found a developer that's willing to do it cheap. <laughs> Um, it cost us $500 to get the app uh, into the App Store. And um, normally an app such as ACB Link would cost upwards of thousands to develop. So there's, it, it's, mainly a, it's mainly an issue of cost. However, I will say this, that we, we, we are really putting out a, a number of feelers in this area of, of trying to locate someone that might be able to assist, assist, uh, you know, assist us in this project. So, um, don't worry. We're, we're not forgetting about Android. That, that's definitely not, not the case. You're welcome.
6: Tyler? Uh, I just wanted to say, uh, too, another option for listening, you could use the, uh, the ACB radio tuner on the computer. You could, yeah.
16: Yep. In fact, we're, we're just beginning a, a process of starting to, to, to rewrite the ACB radio tuner to make it a little more modern. So you should be expecting that in the coming year. That's going to take a bit of time. So but that's a project that we're uh, starting to work on. We have someone interested in uh, Minnesota to actually start working on that effort with us. So good stuff. Right, any other questions at this, at this time? Yeah, is radio radio? Okay, so uh, is, is ACB radio iBlink, no, uh, is it available on iBlink radio? Yes, it is. I-blink available for Android? It is. Yeah, yeah, but 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 you're missing some of the, um, but you're missing some of the other ACB link features that are not in i in, in iBlink, but but yes, that's correct. If you want to, you can get the iBlink radio app for Android, and I believe it's available for Android, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, yeah. You want the whole kit in the caboodle, right? Absolutely, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's good stuff. All right. We need a cheer. Yes. Okay. On the count of three, everybody shout out to Hello ACB Radio family. Okay. Ready? One, two, three.
6: Hello, hello ACB, ACB Radio, Radio family. family.
16: Thanks, guys. You guys are the best.
0: Thank you so much. And 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 Jeff, that's just a a blip of what's to come at lunch. Now we need um, to remind you about. Well, we need a door prize.
11: Yes, I promised you. We yeah. have three more. Okay. For this session. Okay. And don't worry, we have plenty for the rest. All right. Um, I have a little package that has one oven mitt, two washcloths, and one dish towel. They are red, green, and have cherries on them. Okay. And the winner of that is Marsha Moat. Hey, Marsha. She was. And I have a insulated mug. The winner of that is Cynthia Cloud. All right, I need that. Yes. <laughs> Terrific. And the last item I have partly, partly, partly cloudy. The last item I have for this session is a ten-dollar uh, envelope from Linda Dietrich, and that goes to Eugene Schultz. All right.
0: Is Eugene here? Yeah, here. Hey. All right. Very good. Okay. Lunch is going to be downstairs here in the Minnesota room. Actually, actually he's not in here. Oh, oh I'm sorry. I, I guess we got to draw again then.
11: We have two Eugene's in the room. We have two Eugene's originally. I guess. We, Roger <laughs> wants uh, that. Okay, that's $10. How about Robert Spangler? Is he in here? He took off. He to oh, he had to go home. Okay. How about... I'm going to call your name, Joe, because you're leaving. <laughs> well, How about Larry Belts? He's not here, but I'm his wife. I'll take it. <laughs> no, 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 June. <laughs> How about Donna Stelliger? All right, Donna. Yay, Donna. That's all I have for this session, but next session I have about as many, so every, whenever. The other thing is, is I have raffle tickets for the 50-50, $1 a piece, or six for $5. I'm toward the back of the room, but if you want them, raise your hand and I'll come to you. Or you can get them later. The drawing will be tonight. If you're not going to be there, let me know, and we'll put your name and phone number on the back of the ticket.
10: Well,
0: it's time for lunch, and um, if you guys want to stop by the Kansas room on the way to lunch and see what's there, and, but it's, uh, lunch is at the end of the hall in the Minnesota room, so time. Oh, I'm sorry, yes, Becky, we're, we're, we'd like to get back here around one30